Bismillah. O oh God, place in our hearts light, and on our tongues light, and in our ears light, and in our sight light, and above us light, and below us light, and to our right light, and to our left light, and before us light, and behind us light, place in our souls light, magnify for us light, and amplify for us light, make for us light, and make us light. O Allah, O God, grant us light, and place in our nerves light, and in our body light, and in our blood light, and in our hair light, and in our skin light. O God, make for us a light in our graves and a light in our bones. Increase us in light, increase us in light, increase us in light, grant us light upon light. Amen. Assalamu alaikum listeners, we are back with episode 120 of Diffuse Congruence, the American Muslim Experience podcast, and we are thrilled to continue the conversation we had in episode 119 with Aaron Sellers, talking about his early years, his conversion, his experiences as a Muslim, and it was such a wonderful conversation that even after two hours, we just ran out of time, and there's just so much more to talk about. So we've moved over from Zaytuna College, where we were recording last time, and we are now in his lovely home. So thank you, uh, Brother Aaron. And Assalamualaikum also to yeah. our co-host, Barbez Ahmed. Yeah, Waalaikum Salaam, listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Omar. And uh, yeah, we are uh, in uh, Aaron's beautiful home. And thank you for hosting us and uh, situating us also in, as far as the Bay Area landscape goes. We're in, uh, we're in Hayward, California, mm-hmm. which uh, that was a destination for quite some time for Zaytuna Institute. In fact, uh, way years and years before I even moved here, I knew what a Hayward, California was only because of uh, only because of Zaytuna. But we'll get there. Uh, we'll get to Zaytuna Institute in a second. Um, but thank you. Welcome back, I, I guess I should say. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to pick up on where we left off last time. I, and I remember, you know, you shared with us that beautiful poem about um, like the, the Muslim like, salad. The Muslim salad. That's right. That's right. And so you're feeling like a salad in the DMV community. Um how do you eventually find your place in your home and, and, you know, yeah. and, and how do you situate yourself? How does that happen? I know it's a process obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, you had talked a little bit about it and you don't, we don't need to go into maybe the details of all right. the flavors that you maybe experimented with, right. <laughs> but nonetheless, like obviously all of us for, you know, at some point in our lives arrive at a certain taste that just, that we like, right. that, that yeah. makes sense to our palate. Yeah. Other tastes are fine, That's but right. they're just not for me. You know, that kind of thing. Correct. That's the way I like to, Like, in in Islam, you know, we even talk about dhok, right? Tasting things. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
you know, we, we it's a taste. So mm-hmm. how did you find the flavor that you liked best? Man. Bismillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sayyidina Muhammad. Um, and may Allah's peace and blessings be upon our beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I mean. Um, I mean, you said it almost like perfectly, you know, that we are trying to find our flavor, you know, what works yeah. best for us, what we feel like is a good fit. Um, you know, just like going to try on new clothes. Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't fit as much as you try to force it to. It just doesn't fit. You know? That's right. <laughs> and um, it was the same thing. Uh, religiously, mm-hmm. you know, again, especially as a convert, mm-hmm. you know, just being bounced around from this little grouping to that little grouping, this kind of orientation to that or kind of orientation. And there's, you know, there's a subjective aspect of course, to that because where I found like my spiritual kind of home or grounding may be the total opposite for somebody else. Maybe somebody else may be like, you know, what. Well, this is how I get down. That's right. Well, we don't you know. we don't all go to Baskin Robbins and order the same thing every right. time. Yeah, right. Exactly. And by the way, Thirty-one flavors. All my experiences at Baskin Robbins or Yogurtland or all the places we go as a family are, are forever changed after this uh, after this metaphor conversation. <laughs> right. We know where we're going after this. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I like that too. Get some I like ice that. cream. I like that. I like that. Um, no, I think. I mean, I, 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 frankly, I've never used that analogy, but it 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 makes sense. I, it really does, and. It, it, Anyway, you have those moments of epiphany. They don't come to me often, but they just did. Right. <laughs> so I, I like, because again, it's it's about palate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to fault you for your palate and because that works for you and that is what satiates you. But that doesn't mean that has to satiate me. I mean, even right. in a family, you have different palates, let alone, you know. And I want to, I do want to touch on family as well, because one of the things right. we didn't talk about is... Like you were talking about, the, obviously the salad and what's happening in the community, but what's happening at home? I mean, we we did talk about you know the sort of Baptist upbringing. You know, how did how did the news of your conversion? How did the, how how was that news? I mean, you know, I'm a, I don't want to touch on something that may be traumatic or something, but <laughs> but but I mean, I if you're comfortable sharing yeah. with the, how how the family responded to that, but I mean, I I know right. we've teased a couple of a questions, bit. so why don't I let you kind of just talk? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's all of that, you know, the reaction to my family, you know, my family who are, you know, who are, are Baptist Christian is, right. is their orientation. All that has, all that's in that mix of, again, trying to find my spiritual home and where I feel comfortable, you know, in terms of yeah. Islam, you know, and, and, and the practice of Islam. Gotcha. You know, your family definitely plays and has an impact on that. There you go. You know, and like I said, you know, I think in the beginning it was more like a costume Islam. In terms, that's why I was saying my mom was just like, man, just just different clothes all of a sudden and different food and different language. Everything just feels foreign. That's right. You know, and I'm just like, gosh, that was such an eye opener for me that, Jesus, it's deeper than this. I mean, certainly the reason that I accepted Islam was not because I liked the clothing and Maybe somebody else, that's, that's their door, you know, some, some good Islamic food or some good halal food or seeing the way somebody was dressed. Right. Sometimes those things are actually very impactful. Um, but again, for my mom, it was just a per- perception of like other, otherness, foreignness. Yeah. Um, so I can't really see this for myself because it seems foreign. Mm-hmm. So that also 
is connected to the people you're also mingling with in the community mm. who are also projecting, you know, their thoughts and how they get down and how they dress and what they eat onto you as this kind of naked convert. You know, we got to clothe this naked. He doesn't know anything. That's right. So we got to inform him. Right. You know, and again, there's good in that. But some of they don't realize some of what they were doing was also that's just from their culture. Right. You know, and then generational culture. I think last time you used the expression trophy, we even kind of right. unpacked Right, got that. into that. So I think it's um, people like to fashion trophies in their own form. Yeah, you know? in their own image. So in their own image. Mm -hmm. they, that's yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So then, I mean, like I said, a big anchor at that time yeah. was Halako Books. That's right. Because they had all kinds of books, you know, not just from one ideology. And also they had... Uh, a VHS tape, kind of on rotation. VHS tapes were constantly playing and being rotated in and out of a TV that was mounted up in the corner up there. And so I remember every time it was just kind of nice while kind of browsing for new books to also kind of be aware of what was playing on the TV. And I do remember uh, that's where I first saw Imam Siraj Rahaj. You know, may Allah preserve him, Imam Zaid, Allah preserve him, Sheikh Hamza, Allah preserve him. And I became aware that they, they were converts. Mm. You know, so that was very appealing to me to see like, wow, okay, these are converts who are also very knowledgeable. Yeah. You know, you, know, you mentioned um, audio or sorry, video and audio content, I imagine. But do you remember Mecca Centric? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Adam, Again, one Adam, of the first. Adam Wolfer, I think, was yes. his name. Yes, God um, bless him. Yeah, God bless him because he changed the i mean i remember as yeah. a consumer he set that bar like he did like islamic content can be like this and you know, coming and from should you be sir like aaron sellers that means a lot i mean adam if you're listening i mean you, you changed the lives of so many people. absolutely um shout out to him shout out to him big time i mean i was exposed to like exactly what you're saying all the people you mentioned and then some I remember Khalid Blankenship. I never, mm -hmm. you know, um, Suleiman Niang. All mm -hmm. of that was by virtue of, you know, Adam and Mecca Centric recording yep. specifically at the uh, at, at at Darul uh, Islam in Darul Mexico. Islam in Abiquin, yeah, New that Mexico. teacher's training session. The yeah. training, there you go. Huge, Huge that series, man. I I ordered so many videotapes from his catalog. And, and you didn't come to our first retreat, but we we used to do retreats in Texas. The first retreat we did um, in 99, May of 1999, we invited uh, Dr. Jackson, uh, Sheikh, Abdullah, uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Muhammad Nur Abdullah, and um, uh, I'm forgetting. I, th I think, that, yeah, those are the two main speakers. Oh, and, and, and Imam Siraj Wahaj. And we, and we flew Adam out with his equipment mm -hmm. to come and record. Yep. And I still have the, that set because yeah. he professionally recorded it. Yes. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry, I, but I just wanted to, because we were going to eventually talk about your involvement with right. AV, and so I, I, you just jogged my memory about Mecca-centric. Right. Well, that's, that's what's so, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because, you know, it was a matter of like, especially for converts, we're used to such high quality media, you know, as consumers. I like that. And then when we come into, you know, the Muslim space, <laughs> right. you know, those standards didn't seem to be there. Yeah, I agree. You know, we're coming from a background from concerts sure. and, you know, all types of like high quality movies. And then, you know, you, you go to the local Islamic center and there's like the audio systems got all this feedback and 
you know, and then let alone the video production itself was just like, yikes, unless you got a conference video where they actually hired like a contractor for that that's right conference you were mm -hmm. able to get some higher quality stuff and then you had all like the the bootlegging you know and stuff maybe that tape was like a, a 10th generation copy <laughs> and <laughs> and and absolutely no disrespect to anybody who's um an immigrant but there's something to be said about the relatability of someone with the exact same accent or as mm. you oh, and yeah. not and yeah. not and, and mm -hmm. right and you can actually understand everything they're saying True. and their slang and their and mm -hmm. their um the yeah. way they talk right it's yeah. just I much mean, more yeah. related you're getting into the actual content and yeah. we're even like yeah even the yeah but like like i think and sound vision was another one that was another sound vision company. was another one and i'll be honest like for me formative was um the tapes that Majid the Tuckwa used to do. So mm -hmm. Imam Saraj. Oh, yeah. And I think they invested in some pretty good quality equipment, what have you, maybe, because the khutbas were great. They were clear. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, you could purchase those everywhere. That's right. Um, Alhambra comes later mm -hmm. uh, on the scene. Um, but now we're getting into Hayward, California. So let's, right. let's, let's, yeah, right. let's, let's get so, there. So yeah, but, my spiritual yeah, home, sure. I think, really was gotcha. was aided Hal right there in Halalco Halal books. Um Alhamdulillah, I would, like I said, I was myself and Brother Chris, a few other young converts and, you know, other, like our Friday circle that we had of like a house halakha at Sheikh Jafri Dries' home, Jeffrey that became, Dries. yeah, that became a God big, he's, still, he's, he's alive? from what I know, I Me hope too. so, yeah, God you know, and his him. sons, you know, Yusuf and his, Abdurrahman. Jafar Idris was another person, including, and, and Abdullah Idris, speaking of the Idris, they weren't brothers, but right. I just always put them together, even though, yeah, but, um, oh yeah, remarkable people. Yeah, see what I mean, Idris. so we were at his home, That's amazing, every yeah. Friday, Wow. every Friday night, that was like That's the halakha, and uh, that was hugely impactful. Yeah. You know, in terms of like really giving us a very intimate, yeah. you know, like kind of a homey feeling being in his home and uh, just having like a basic going through Quran, going through uh, stories, which I love stories of the companions and things like that. And just how interactive it was, you know, a lot of times we take turns reading out loud mm. to each other and then Dries doing the commentaries. And then what I love, too, is that we would go out to parks together, sometimes have nice little outings and then also especially again as you know as an american he would order pizza hut you know pizza for us at the end of the no. session god bless him <laughs> and it was like the simplest thing and remember the relationship between me saying okay i can i'm ready to accept this loan was the pizza analogy that it's oh yeah the you pizza, know the slice of pizza yeah dr Jad said just take it one slice oh, at a time just like the pizza it was beautiful and here i am now at Sheikh joffrey Dries's home and one of the things I really appreciated was that they always served us pizza at the end of it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like I want to like say this just, again, just because he was a person I encountered. What I what I appreciated, what I appreciated a lot about Sheikh Jafar Idris um, was, was the fact that although he had his own sort of ideological bent, yeah. he never like one. It was never like he wasn't proselytizing it. Mm -hmm. He wasn't like bashing your bashing it over no. your head. As others, you know, who yeah. perhaps belong to that same ideology would do. Oh, yeah. So I, so I really appreciate that about him. He had his own kind of, like, you know, I think he was a Medina graduate. Yeah. His own kind of unique yeah. approach. And orientation. Or, or, orientation, I should say. Yes. Right. Sorry. Not, and not Flavor. Unique, but flavor. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing it full circle. But he never was like, all right, this is the only, this is the only flavor that's, like, legit. 
every other flavor is no. like, you know, he that's why I really appreciate yeah, I didn't so get that vibe blessed, till, yeah. yeah to be in the home of someone who although like I said have their orientation have their and flavor, he should he's a scholar he's a scholar he should thank you <laughs> But, he never, but he's mature. That's right. You know, and he's, he's wisdom. Yeah, you know, and that's why, you know, something I remember from that time, even till today, it's like I, I always preferred the older, you know, teachers because they've been through things, got some life experience. Anytime I, I would go to the masjid and I see someone young who doesn't have gray in their beard during the khutbah, yeah. I always just say, oh, Lord, please, like, just guide his tongue and guide his state right. to say and be what we need for our time and for the people that are assembled in front of this person. Beautiful. I, I mean, see that a, to, to, to this day. To this day, that's a dua. When I go yeah. to a masjid and see anybody doing the chuppah, but especially somebody who doesn't have some gray hair, yeah. because I'm like, they haven't really been through a lot, that's right. you know, to really sift down, right. you know, what, they, what they've learned, you know, they haven't been able to really sift it down right. and to, to make Distill it really, it. yeah, and make yeah. it more practical That's and wise, right. you know. That's right. And so I appreciate that from someone like Sheikh Jaffer, sitting with him and, and Dr. J Anwar Hijaj. You know, these are, are, are quote unquote gray haired elders, mm -hmm. you know, who've had a lot of life experience and travel and study. And right. I feel we really benefited from that because neither of them, neither of them, even though they both have their orientations, Neither of them, and they had both had differing orientations. That's right. But they never projected that on mm -hmm. myself or Chris. You know, those young circles, it was just like, this is Islam. We're a community. We're brothers. We're going to teach you Islam how we've learned it, how we understand it, and what we feel confident in. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why that quote that I remember from Imam Ali that I memorized from, you know, that deliverance from Arab book about Imam Al Ghazali's life don't judge the truth by people. First, find the truth and you'll recognize who's upon it. And again, so, well, how do you figure out what that truth is for you? There's still, you feel that kind of yeah. subjective aspect. But I'm seeking to be a, I'm actually intentionally and consciously seeking to be a person of balance. Yeah. You know, once I, I saw that, that word, like the mizan and Allah saying, don't transgress the balance. And the Prophet saying, we're a middle Mm -hmm. nation you know nation of the, the middle way you that's know right. between extremes you know right. and so that really was attractive to me like that's what i want to be yeah you know i wanted in all things i want to seek that balance and so I, you know you just see that person on a tightrope you know that's all they're constantly doing just trying to yeah. shift their you know shift things a little bit to still try to be in the middle while you're still tilting right you know you're going to tilt a little yeah. this way and that way but i want to be in the middle you know, you talk about balance and you mentioned Imam Ali, you know, a quote that comes to mind for me is, you know, Imam Ali, عنه, he said, um, that goodness is between two evils, like too much of something and too little of something. So there's, wow. again, that idea of balance, right? Like right. You mentioned. So um, that's what I'm yeah. seeking, though. Right. And I'm, right, I'm really right, trying right. to emphasize that point because... Right. Now, is Imam Majid and the Adams community... At that yeah. time, it was around? Yeah, okay, but it was Adams young. Was, you know, it was, it was in like an a office park, office <laughs> building. So, so at yeah. this point, yeah. um, again, bring it back, are you feeling less tossed around? Have you found mm. your spiritual home? Yeah. Um, and, that, and, and level set that with we, where we are at in terms of your, your personal life, your, your, uh, the time frame, the late, we're still in the late 90s, I believe. But help, help us understand kind of the big picture here. Well, what, as, again, like I said, when I took Shahada at Dar Hijra, it was very small, you know, 
community, just a handful of people showing the mosque was brand new, mm. you know, and then even Adam Center, that would come just a little bit later right. in development. And then, like I said, they were started at, you know, like in, in an office park in a building, you know, mm. it wasn't like a masjid building, you know, yeah, yeah. it was just like a floor and then, you know, <laughs> big office. And, um, but as the, the community kind of grew, now you have other institutions coming into the area and moving you have the the saudi academy you know the institute for arabic and islamic sciences in america that came to the neighborhood you had american open university oh, one yeah. of the first well, online you know I he was, was part of that as yeah, well he was yeah. part of that and sheikh salah Sawi. that's right you and know? then you had uh, dr thaha javed alwani who was doing mm -hmm. uh, they were running a college or something as well. yeah so now him and his wife over time yeah. you know these are, are coming and I'm so just thinking now, of DMV. Again, I'm yeah, just talking yeah. about DMV, yeah. So community. you do kind of have like a, 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 a melting pot developing yeah. of orientations, ideological orientations, you know, coming into the mix. And now you're a convert in the middle of that. It's like, okay, now you're starting to get exposed to more like what I call minhaging. You know, okay, now it's this group. Yeah. No, ours is the way. This is the right, this is the correct, you know. And like I say, you don't want to like mention a lot of names and groups and stuff like right. that to, to go down there, but there Not was important. there were some particular ones that were very staunch about look, this is the correct menhage. That's right. And the way that that was kind of promoted was just like, yeah, if you're if you're not on this, then yeah. Your Islam is suspect or sus is the you like to say now is like your Islam was sus. No, you're absolutely sus. right. I, I think terms like aqidah and, min, and 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 manhaj or minhaj were thrown around a lot in the '90s as a way of bludgeoning you, mm -hmm. like and, and and basically setting saying that you were wrong or you you know your orientation wasn't right or you weren't sound. Uh, I mean, I yeah, mm -hmm. I was subjected to that all the time. Right. So. so for myself, it was like I still had to decide how much do I want to buy into that and participate in that. Mm. Good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because again, for this, a lot of this was coming from the younger, quote unquote, students of knowledge. People who had just were able to get overseas, get a little study, and they came back and it was just yeah. like. This is the minhaj. They don't have the they don't have the gray hairs like you said. Right, didn't have the gray hairs, and I'm like, okay, I think this is the same minhaj as my teacher. Right, but he's not coming like that. I, I was gonna say they're they they don't have the gray hairs or they're not married. <laughs> they're not married. Yeah, exactly. That'll temper some of that too. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, so it sounds That's like a good one. Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like. Again, yeah. there's a bunch of resources mm. on the East Coast, yeah. mm -hmm. and we and you told us in, in your bio, and of course we know um, those of us who know you uh, know you're we're out out here on the West Coast. So what mm -hmm. is it that actually gets you to drop your East Coast uh, <laughs> yeah. connection and pick up and trek, you know, three thousand three thousand miles across the country and and start really a new life on the West Coast? I I, yeah. I, I totally want to dig and dig into that. A bit. Right. Yeah. So that's. I think, like I said, I, I felt like I was part of a good community, okay. had good teachers. Like I said, the Adams Center started growing. I'm very active myself in youth work, working with the Muslim youth. That's where I kind of also f found like a home, nice. a place, I guess, you know, just for my relatability 
to them, they saw someone they could relate with because they're grown, homegrown here. Back to Omar's point about you know? accents and relatability. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's and so it was like, wow, okay, they're really feeling like they can relate with me. I can also relate with them. That's right. And so that was a big part of my kind of Islamic activism was with Muslim youth. Mm. Attending a lot of the youth camps, MENA, you know, and this growth, MSA, going to the different MSAs, you know, George Mason University, all the MSAs pretty much, even when the MSA developed um, at my high school where I graduated from, Annandale High School, that was a real pivotal moment for me. It's like going there now, returning there as a Muslim right. and doing a, a Jumar sermon at the high school I graduated from, you know, it's like, wow, we'll talk about full circle. Like here I am, like a little Muslim group. We didn't have nothing like that. That's amazing. You know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah, I yeah. was there. That's right. And so things were changing. Yeah, things were changing. Oh, yeah. But I still remember, you know, again, a, a teacher that really stuck out, again, was Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. Um, here's this white convert who, again, he just spoke Arabic so beautifully. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he seemed to have an emphasis on the sciences of the heart. Mm. You know, character reformation and spiritual refinement. And I was like, wow, you know, he had an emphasis on that that I, I wasn't picking up elsewhere you know and, and some it was the emphasis was all about aqidah like That's correct right. creed it's, it's that thing you related to and and, and when i mentioned the example of accents uh, again it was not about the accent itself it's just that relatability because it goes mm -hmm. both ways too right you might have you might have somebody who relates more to a speaker who can speak their 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 mother tongue right so yeah. it goes both ways it's really it about the overall concept right. of relatability right. whatever you relate to whatever exactly. you connect to right. exactly and see that's what i mean like imam siraj what i wahaj what i loved about him was that again, he just spoke on on that grassroots ground level and as a Baptist, he spoke very charismatically. That's right. You know, he like his was made you feel like, like everything he was talking about, like that this is now, this is pressing, this is, you know, especially being in the inner city, you know, being a black American. Oh God, like, like again, to use a contemporary slang, like his was were fire. That's right. You know what I mean? And they made you I feel warned. I got to write warned. all of down, man. You <laughs> felt warned of the fire, too. Yeah, yeah. You warned, know? That's right. That's right. Same. Like, same. they were fire, and they warned you of the fire, that's you know, right. in a yeah. way that I was like, okay. Like, because yeah. some of the, the my, again, coming from a, a charismatic Baptist background, the khutbas, you know, that I was now experiencing Muslim, they're much more muted. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So I grew up with those muted khutbas, right? And I, I'll never forget. I mean, we, you know, Imam Siraj came to our community and spoke. I had heard him on tape, which in and of itself is an experience. But see, you know, seeing him live in person, um, again, not coming from a Baptist background, mm -hmm. it, I just remember it, it. It changed my life. And like you said, it was fire. I mean, yeah. the football was fire. And exactly. He, it, it reverberated. It, it like literally shook you because he, you know, he had his crescendos. And yes. His, I mean, like you said, I think, and I, I think we're naming it. And I think it's there's okay. There's nothing wrong with naming it. You know, he he himself, I think, probably would have been very was very much inspired by probably the kind of you know Baptist background he grew up mm -hmm. in. But like that, that very much was part of his style. Yeah, and there was frankly no one else who really mimicked that style. Like yeah, he, not like that. He did it. The, yeah, he made it his own. Exactly, he appropriated it. And um, but like you said, so the, that's a I don't want to call it a flavor, but you know, the, there was Imam Siraj out there for yeah. You. So but then, like, you, yeah, Sheikh Hamza in particular. Now it was like, with yeah. Sheikh Hamza, you kind of felt like a, 
a very a more in- intellectual, yeah. you know, but so it had like a, a deep kind of intellectualism, which was kind of reminding me of Emmanuel Ghazali, because mm. I was now reading a lot of those early translated, you know, or books that were translated at the time right. by Man uh, Ghazali, put out by Fons Vite. Oh, yeah. You know, in the Ghazali series, they had, I mean, God reward them, you know, <laughs> those books they were putting out. And again, I remember going back to Halalko, it would be hard to find those books, but mm-hmm. Halalko always had them. They would have them. And I remember that just from my own experience. Like you said, it was it, it, one thing, again, about Halalko, they, they offered you everything. Mm-hmm. If you but But if you went with... If you knew what you were looking for, you would find it. You'll find too. it. Or if you went completely kind of as an empty plate or empty, you know, page, you could find something to occupy your time with as well. So, right. it, 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 you know, it, it satiated both of those sort of approaches or appetites. Um, and again, I think if we're orienting ourselves in the late 90s, he's uh, Imam Hamza Yusuf. He's mm-hmm. not, he's not. Exactly. <laughs> Imam uh, I mean, Hamza. <laughs> yeah, Imam Hamza. Yeah. That's Imam how we refer to That's how he was... So, Sorry. So, yeah, so I really want to... So you, yeah. you, what do you... Now, you make a big decision. I, I really want to get into that. Mm-hmm. What is it that gets you to pack up your bags right. and, and move out west? Well, it, it, it's, it's interesting well, because, it's again... It's to be like a fan of or you're listening to Sheikh right. Hamza or Imam Hamza at the right. time. There's another thing to be... Like, hey, this is my, you know, I've got this community here. Yeah, talk about that. Like, yeah, I think that's it was a big one because, yeah. Yeah. again, this is this is also not only my like new spiritual home. Yeah, right there in, in DMV, and again, like I said, there's lots going on, and I'm engaged in all. I'm now. Oh, like you I are. Said, I was see. I was going to ask you. I was. I was wondering if you were had a because you talked about going to the every the, the 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 events with the brothers and the friday mm-hmm. nights and the pizza i was i was gonna ask you like are you what's your family life at this point my family life because i wasn't married yet mm-hmm. at the time and again this these folks like the brothers if mm-hmm. you will in that little community and there were some sisters too who were converts at that time and there was like a nice little circle yeah and like you, you said, know you were I mean? going to mina camps and msa yeah. activities that was my my new right. family my 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 parents, you know, they were just tolerant, okay. you know, God bless them for that. Yeah. You know, no, you know, hey, you're going to kick you out, nothing like that, even though they may have felt it at certain points, like, okay, do I need to protect my other kids from this guy? Mm. You know, like, you got to watch, mm. like, what's he on? What kind of Islam is he on? You know what I mean? I didn't do the best job of, like, really conveying, number one, what I was even going through, mm. you know, and that's something I wouldn't, appre- I, I, didn't, I really appreciated about, like, Tet Leaf and seeing how they handled conversions and people when people are converting to Islam, inviting their family Always. members yeah. to come and witness it. I'm like, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. empathy you know, goes, if I could do it over again. Empathy goes both ways is what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, you know, and I, I definitely could have better done a much better job of mm. like, just communicating early on, like, hey, this is what I'm reading, this is what I'm going through. You know, what do you guys think? And then even when as I'm discovering new information, right. hey, check this out, mom. Check this out, That's dad. Right. You know, not just and, showing up one day and it's like. And you mentioned oh. Talif, but you know, I mean, I, I can, you know, again, speaking from a little bit of experience, um, being involved with the organization, like Talif, like the approach was born out of that same, you know, feeling of remorse that Osama had and others right. like Osama had about how they embraced Islam and mm-hmm. the way they interacted with their family members. Again, like you said, you know, had you done, if you could go back and do it differently, you would. Very you know, be much. Be a little bit more ginger, be a little bit more gingerly about it. Like you said, empathy goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. So, so yeah, yeah, Imam Hamza. So yeah. I'm really, now 
from that first exposure in the bookstore VHS tapes, I'm starting to collect these VHS tapes. Like, I'm really feeling, you know, Imam Hamza and Imam Siraj. So I'm buying their VHS tapes. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I keep doing this. But sorry. Meaning I keep, I'm not, we're not exiting, but we're just like pausing. What's happening? Like, have you, what's going on musically for you? Did you come into Islam and where you said, where you told emphatically music is haram, you shouldn't be pursuing this? <laughs> right. I got to ask. Well, right? what's funny, you're, yeah. You're a musician. Yeah, big part. I mean, we, we talked a lot about that. <laughs> we did. You know, in part one. Yes. <laughs> so, so we can't just leave that. You the know funny I mean? thing is, I actually. We got to make this a good sequel. Right. Know? We got to build on what yeah. we God, established. God, to, to steal a, to steal a, I don't watch the Simpsons, but to steal a Simpsons joke, have you given up music or have you, are you still listening to everything uh, you were before, or to steal the Simpsons joke, are you just like, listening to Cat Stevens albums? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, where's the shout out to brother Cat Stevens <laughs> right. too? Mashallah, right. yeah, yeah. That brother's still holding his gift down, you yeah. know, well, still I, sharing I mean, his gift, but it was a chapter. He wasn't right. But, I was going to say that yeah, was some chapters was he went through too. Where he was doing like he did like Dalal Badru Elena, I mean, which is beautiful, but yeah, he had put down the guitar. He essentially given up mainstream music that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's part of that now, like. The flavors and what you're, you know, like you. Yeah. the the clothing that people are trying to yeah. put on you and there's no right. wear this shirt and no, you can't wear that shirt anymore because it's, you know, it, and, you know, one of the things I actually appreciated about Islam is that it does have a law. You know, it's not just about being spiritual and spirituality. Like, no, mm -hmm. you need like red lights and green lights and yellow lights. Right. You know, Again, balance. Yeah, we need like, and so I appreciated law that. And spirit, yeah. but then it came a whole other thing, like the interpretation of that law. The now, so it's interpretation, and then it's application. There you go. And then in our context, you know, and then you know the, the usul, like the derivatives of how we even arrive at these legal conclusions. You know, what I mean, that's a whole nother world. Yeah. So especially in the beginning, you're just exposed to can't do this, can't do that. There's no like. None of the, the practical application and things like that. Right. But again, you know, and again, you know, thanks, you know, especially to, like I said, you know, Dr. Hijaj and Sheikh Jaffer, who were just so gentle, oh my God, you know, in terms of their training of us and right. teaching, there was no like, okay, you gotta just do this right now. Right. You or know, or if, or if you're right doing now, this, yeah. you're like, you're just not even Muslim. Like, mm -hmm. you can't even come to the Friday session if you don't, you know. Thank so God. They, they didn't ask you to burn your records, is what you're saying. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. And in 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 the band, the funny thing is, I never actually quit the band. Mm. The band quit us. <laughs> oh, you and Chris. <laughs> yeah, they the were band? just like felt they wanted to move on, oh, do something I else. See. Okay. You know, weren't still mm. in the in in the vibe that they do, felt do that you we and were Chris kind convert of convert more or less around the same time. That I don't know yeah. if we touched on that. Last yeah, time. Okay. I think his. Okay. I can't remember the exact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long right. from my conversion did he convert? It was a few months. Mm. Gotcha. You okay. know, type thing, right? And um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. The band is kind of like dissolved. so. Islam wasn't the Yoko Ono. It didn't split up the band. It no, was, it didn't. Other that factors. came later. That came later. Like learning <laughs> there was like, other factors. Yeah, going on. Okay, there was okay. other factors going on, and we Got still it. wanted to. So you started. Uh, it write. sounds like you had a healthy relationship with the with the, the arts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm working at Ritz Camera at that time, so mm -hmm. I'm working around camera systems, photography. Okay selling the gear and you know developing you know photos and stuff like that and so again as you're just learning you know kind of as you go along hey what types of things maybe i should avoid and leave out of my life in terms of like my diet things i'm eating mm -hmm. but and, also things i'm consuming and you're engaged yeah 
you know, I did, you know, eventually go to Canada. That's where, you know, again, to talk about my conversion story. Wait, you're talking about engaged as in engaged to a I think wife? that's what he said. Yeah, oh, that's what sorry, you said, sorry, right? You're okay. engaged, right? No, he meant no, no, no. community. Engaged oh. with the community. <laughs> Not engaged okay. to, to, to my wife. Track. Right. Like he, he was slamming those brothers because they weren't married. Now he's talking about engagement as in engaged to a woman. No. He talked about being engaged oh. with the community. Right? Yes, engaged okay. with the community. Okay. Okay. I, do I do, the reason I was asking about engaged because I was, again, going back to, the, to coming out to the West Coast, what sort of attachments yeah. did you have? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm right. So that's so, what I was just trying to set up. Just, yeah, again, are. the level of my engagement with the community. Mm there you know what i mean and and what shifted that again was just this teacher who i was starting to collect tapes from you know imam hamza's vhs tapes and you know the, the little circle of brothers i was with we were lo- just watching we would get together at my place my apartment just watch the vhs tapes you know watching all these and also traveling you know going to uh Meshida, Tukwa, you know to see imam siraj you know in his element oh, in his Brooklyn. you know yeah Things like that. And then when Sheikh Hamza would come to town, the first time I remember meeting uh, Imam Hamza was at a fundraising dinner okay. in our area. Gotcha. So, and I'm happy because I actually even, somebody had taken a photo you know, from that event where you see him like on stage. And I'm so happy to have that. Like, hey, I have the photo of the event where I actually first, oh, I wish I had you know, that. saw Sheikh Hamza in yeah. person. Yeah. And at the time. Because for me it was Isna. So okay. I wish I had a like a, some type of visual session, yeah a vision a visual of that session yeah so okay. meeting in person that was also now like that next level of impact hey there's Imam Hamza like in the flesh yeah. like yeah. this person I've just been seeing on these grainy VHS tapes but also very impacted by again just his approach got it you know his approach to now this emphasis on learning like Islam like quote-unquote in a traditional manner the traditional schools of law but also the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sciences of the heart. That was like very appealing. That's right. You know, for myself. And at the time, I'm also now doing, because I am now starting to learn, hey, Islam and music, you know, there's some very serious like views about this. It's not just, oh, everything and anything goes. You know, it's from, okay, there's a very restrictive use of it, even down to certain types of instruments are allowed and not allowed, right. down to, you know, even. It's it's on certain types of occasions. Right. Even it's not just any time, all times of the day. You know, you just like jamming and stuff like that. Yeah. And so the fun, the interesting thing. So that was a challenge for me. You know, coming from an anything and everything goes. Right. And you music know, musically, being such an integral part of your yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I make music. That's you right. know, it doesn't get any more personal right. and deep than that. But it's like I could I could actually relate with the restrictions. That's what's so interesting the about it. Yeah, because yeah. I do I. I understood because I make music, I could see how it can compete with God Mm. like nothing else can. Mm, Because music can occupy, I mean, it gets into the crevices of the heart. Wow. Like nothing else. You're right. Like seriously, I can't think of anything else that can really get into the crevices of the heart Mm. like that. And I said, if God really wants us, our hearts for him, then he wants us. I mean, it's la ilaha illallah. There's nothing where we except God. Like, our hearts are for him. And so I could see, like, why there should be caution Mm -hmm. around that, Mm. you know, in terms of 
if the goal, if he wants us to be more people who are oriented towards remembering him and being God conscious, well, what's the seat of consciousness is the heart. So you're, you know, you are what you what you're made of. You know, you are what you consume. But at the same time, if it's something that's, you know, steered in the right way, you could also see, wow, you know, the, the organized composition of sound combined with, you know, good intentionality. Correct. Combined with, you know, words and stuff. You can see, gosh, this could be one of the most powerful that's means right. of taking people to the Lord. That's you, right. You know, you know right. and I shouldn't be surprised. the spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be surprised because you're, 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 you're a musician. Uh, but that's probably one of the most... Yeah nuanced and relatable ex, uh, explanations mm. of Islam's point of view on music that I've heard. And, Thank you. And I so agree. I really appreciate that. I, I really do. I agree. And coming from a musician and from someone who I know, well, you're not saying it, but I know you've been exposed to the sort of, you know, the spectrum of opinions mm-hmm. and, and what our tradition says about music. I, I agree with Omar. That's a, that was a beautiful and very succinct way to explain, yeah, music from both the most restrictive sort of opinion, if you will, mm-hmm. to the most expansive and, and, and right, all the most accommodating. Yeah, and right. you're talking to, to two uh, co- two two cousins here who have spent hours, like in our youth, like yeah. sitting around I mean, jamming. I'm the music not gonna. Too. I was right. not a, of course. We weren't we weren't producers of music like you were, but we were certainly consumers. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, we were active in you know entrenched consumers of music mm-hmm. and that music was a big part of especially in the exactly. 90s right? exactly. Life, especially in the 90s i mean the proof is how many times have you heard a story where somebody said that song saved my life there you go i was about to do such and such and i decided not to because of this song right. and vice versa you know and I'll be when honest. i was going you know doing that drive-by i was playing cypress hill how i can just kill a mm. man mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hearing that song, I didn't really want to pull the trigger. I didn't really, really want to shoot that guy. But that music just kept it yeah. going, kept me in that zone, kept me in the vibe. So then we pulled up on the guy, pulled the trigger. Mm. Mm. So, you know, and people talk about, oh, like the music you listen to growing up in the house or what have you. Like for me, at least, I mean, I don't know about Omar, for you. Um, like my, my my father was a, a, a really big consumer of like cl- like classical Indian Kawali music, mm-hmm. which is spiritual and which is a Muslim art. I mean, that was appropriated from various customs, local, indigenous to India, as well as from Persia and so on. But nonetheless, so for me, you know, music was, you know, uh, I, I understood the power, if you will, of music being infused or used correctly um, within a spiritual medium mm-hmm. or to, or to, or to um, uh, elicit a spiritual response, if you mm-hmm. will, right? or to even speak a certain spiritual vernacular. Um, but I remember, you know, again, when I had my own sort of coming to Islam moment later in life as I matured, you know, that was one of the things I outright rejected because mm-hmm. that's what that that's what the orientation or the flavor that yeah. I was introduced with said, yeah. oh, no, no, that's all bid'ah, that's all Sufi stuff that you need to leave off, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it, then only years later would you then mature again and come to appreciate that, you know? And so... You know that, uh, so I, I think that that also is part of our tradition, right? Where right. music has been used oh, beautifully. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you, that's the and thing. Then when you travel, you go otherwise. to the Muslim world, there and you're like, oh okay, <laughs> there's definitely music in the Muslim world. And there's definitely Muslims producing music. So why are why are people so uptight in America? Right. Like that's right. you see the nuance. Like, it's just like weird. Like yeah. okay, like 
you know, these folks back in their home countries, there's music. Right. You know, but then here you're saying, no. No, it happens. I'm yeah. like, no. And, 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 and so I appreciate more. And that's the thing. You, you want to be fair because one of the things I like about Islam, like Sheikh Hamza, you know, said very succinctly, like Islam means submission. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be things you just have to submit to mm-hmm. or else there ain't no Islam. If you're not submitting to anything, you know, but the truth is you are submitting to something. That's right. Whether you know it or not. In the process of not submitting to this, you're submitting to something else. That's right. You know, that's just the way it works. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it's like for myself. That is the heart of the path, is trying to, to challenge what you're submitting to and not oh, submitting to. Right. You know, and that's at the root of it. Because yeah. I, I, at, at the end of the day, I, I do want to die in a state of submission. It's like, I just like, let it go. It's like, it's like uh, when I, uh, you know, when, when, when you eat, when I, 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 I'm a, I'm a da- we're all dads and you mm-hmm. try to get your kids to eat the right thing. It's like, I'm not asking you to starve. I just want you to eat the, the, the meal before you have dessert, right? Right. You yeah, know? exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. You're, you're trying and, not, and, and you, you, and there has to be a maturity about it. And there has to be, again, a God conscious about it, consciousness about it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think these views are, and, 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 and we can't say it's just Islam that has these reviews. That's true. You know, right. There are, you know, in the Christian community, there's very, you know, the same kind of, maybe spectrum. not to the degree, but there's a very similar spectrum of views about music, right. so especially secular music, you know, oh, just, yeah. just leave it. You know, they are a little bit more open about instrumentation and things like that. But again, as a, as a, as a person homegrown here, I really appreciate that safety net, mm. you know, of the strictures because mm. again, just articulating what I've feel the power of music is in the, in the human heart and i see what are some of these dominant you know how impactful music continues to be and will continue to be right and how pervasive it is you know like because it's all day long people are listening to it all day long and you now, go all day with, long with these devices right it's all day you. long whereas traditional yeah. and quote-unquote traditional societies music wasn't all day long it was an occasion you didn't come out of the you know the tribal hut or the tp or the mm-hmm. village and it's just a guy just playing like all day long. Right. You know, you weren't you, listening to Spotify on your camel right. through the desert, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It wasn't all day. It yeah. was usually based on occasions. You're so right. Weddings or with the animals or doing work, mm-hmm. you know, or battles. You know what I mean? It was during special occasions. And so that means you did also have people who learned how to do whatever the form of instrumentation they had, whether it was drums or right. some type of string instrument or wind, you know, little things. But it wasn't all the time as pervasive as it is yeah like now so you don't so islam helped me appreciate silence with that stricture you know what i mean because it was like wow like maybe i just need to have some silence turn it off yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know what i mean because i'm used to it just Mm. being always played in the house when i get in the car i'm turning on the tunes right you know everywhere i go when i go to the store when I get in an elevator, there's elevator even music. It's a genre, elevator music. No, I was just about to say, you, you know, <laughs> talking about pervasiveness, you can't walk into music, an elevator. Music for the moments of silence, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 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 Um, no, no, and I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we kind of fleshed out or talked about music because, like, like you said, it was a, not only obviously a huge part of your life, but it was certainly something we talked a lot about on the first episode. So, yeah. you know, I think it, it, it kind of, I wanted to bring some, not closure to it, but a continuation of that conversation. But I, I do want to bring well, you back that to you made Well, you reminded me of something that sure. was also, again, because this is also with my friend Chris, mm-hmm. 
Okay. You know who's the guitarist? Yeah, yeah. In the band, and so both of us are struggling with okay, where's the place of music now in our lives? Mm -hmm. And so we're now you know gravitating more towards you know a strict, more conservative view. We should just leave this alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To you know, and I remember a very, and he always brings this up to me of how important this conversation was with him in the van one time where he was really like, okay, what are we going to do with this music thing? And I just remember saying to him, music doesn't save me. Wait, like, it, it doesn't, like, this isn't my, I'm, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. this isn't like my ultimate source of salvation. There you go. You know what I mean? It's a big part of my life. It's an important part. It's a moving part. But it, it's not like, my source of salvation mm. you know that has to come from something bigger than this right you know like only god can save me you know and give me that sense of like home and peace and clarity mm -hmm. you know like to me the music is just like rungs on the ladder and you know and that are helping me climb and elevate and things like that but it's not the destination people who don't listen to music probably have n not not a, not a lot of idea what you're talking about but those of us who who like you said have been transformed by music mm -hmm. or use music at really lower high times mm -hmm. we know exactly what you're talking you about okay yeah. right so that's right. what i mean so it, it, it again and, and then it's you're not trying to proselytize you know right. at the end of the day it's like for myself that's what i found like would be distasteful is just some people trying to impose either view like in a way that let that would let the other people feel less than there you go that's all i'm saying it's like for myself you know i have my own comfort level with music to this day right. you know which i still very feel very moved by it i still write you know lyrics i still write like chord progressions and i mean it's like i can't go a week without having a new melody and song idea i nice. like it almost like it's that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. I can't escape it. You know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, I'm not like, hey, everybody has to just be okay with just listening to music. And then, no, this is my comfort level. And at the end of the day, like I, I like to say to folks, you got to be ready to take it to the Lord. Hey. You know, you just got to be ready to present the things you're doing and why you're doing them to the one that made you. There you go. At the end of the day, you know. And that's why I say things that you read about in your faith or in, in, the, in the, whatever your faith is, you know, things that trouble you or disturb your heart. I say you just take it up with the Lord when you meet him. If you're a person that believes you're actually going to meet God, then he says in the Quran on that in translation. And on that day, we shall make clear to them therein the things they were disputing about. Mm. So I'm going to be patient, you know. Right. And just wait to that meeting for things that are, man, well, why this? Why can't, you know, you know, why'd you say that, God? You know, why'd you, you're going to meet him and you ask him, you know, why should I feel like I'm forced to give you the answer you want or you have to give me the answer? Just, you know, just be trusting, number one. Mm -hmm. Just trust the one that came with Aleph Lam meme. <laughs> you're going back and Like, me. I'm just down for the ride. Right. And those things that are still kind of disturbing, but I just trust. I'm still down for the ride. There's still enough of this that I feel is just worth it and that's real and that is above me, you know, that is non-human, right. <laughs> you know, that I'm down for that ride. And so that to bring it all home, mm -hmm. you know, again, Imam Hamza's teaching, we're definitely pricking that right. and meeting him in person, you know, at the, the, the fundraising dinner was a step to that. And at the time, 
I'm starting to do recordings. Okay. Myself. I have this little kind of production company I call it Those Who Reflect Productions because I loved how the Quran always repeated that. Yeah. For those who reflect signs, for those who reflect. I was like, okay, I want to do Those Who Reflect Productions. I love it. And so I was just taking recordings of my favorite Quran reciter, who is Sheikh Khalid al Khatani. May God bless him and increase his gift because his recitation is the one that gripped me. Okay. You know, till this day. Wow. When I didn't understand any Arabic whatsoever, just listening yeah. to the sound of the recitation. That's a whole nother story. Okay. You know, uh, honestly, just how that, his ref, rec, uh, recitation impacted my life. Wow. So then, like I said, I have, you know, acting background, a little bit of acting experience, doing some voiceover work. And so I was just making tapes of his recitation. Then I would pause and read the Yusuf Ali translation in English. Oh, nice. Then unpause his recitation and then read it <laughs> just back and forth. I started making tapes like that. Right, you know, with sir, your right. your your voice yeah, my voice just reading this translation, you know, yeah. uh, of Quran on cassette tape, mm -hmm. and um, and then packaging it, you know, and come up with a little artwork and printing it out in the printer, and this is those reflect productions, and so I gave one of those those tapes to to Sheikh Hamza when we met at the mm. fundraising dinner. I introduced myself, yes, yeah. because at the fundraising dinner. I was asked to read the translation of the Quran that was recited. Because you know at every function there's going to be Quran right. Mm, right. recitation okay. and somebody's going to read. Uh -huh. So I was that person reading the translation. So that's how we met. I'm coming up and he's coming down. <laughs> wow. You know the thing. And so I was thought? like, here's my yeah. tape. I was like, I do these, you know, I read these, you know, translation of Quran, you know, back and forth with the Arabic and yeah. those reproduction. And I just gave him the tape and I said, I just want you to have this. You know, and hope you like the way it sounds. And, you know, and I thought it was good quality, you know, especially for our standards, you know. And, <laughs> right. And being, again, a, a guy from a band, you know, I really yeah. was like trying to make something that sounded good and that sounded kind of dramatic. And mm -hmm. and so that was that was our first exchange. That's the first encounter. Yeah. Was that, which yeah. is really important because then I was invited to ISNA um, to be a speaker uh, for one of the MENA sessions. And so I come there, and also Imam Zaid and Sheikh Hamza were, you know, one of the speakers for another, you know. Do you remember which is now? 1999. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. That was, we were just talking about we were just talking the about that, it off That was my first Isna. His and, first. And, I had uh, been to a few. But that okay. was Chicago? Yeah. That was yep. Chicago. And by then, just to kind of situate us where we are, I mean, by then, you know, I would say, I would argue that Imam Hamza at the time, again, Imam Hamza, yeah. and Imam Zaid, had become household names. By, mm -hmm. by, by 99, I can safely say... They were real on a trajectory. They really were on a trajectory, but I think even by then, certainly on that platform, they were, they were, they were a, a name. Yes, very they much. They were, and I've, I've said this... Their on, sessions were packed. That's what I'm saying. I've said this on past episodes, uh, and I gauge that by... They had become what I call primetime ISNA. Mm -hmm. They spoke at the primetime ISNA uh, uh, sessions where you could amass, you know, the 20,000 people, the 40,000 right. people. Right. And that and so to me they you know, you saw the shift and suddenly Imam Zaid and and, and Sheikh Hamza became those speakers. Mm -hmm. Um you know, sorry, so I, I want you to continue but I, I there's a point I want to make about Sheikh Hamza in a minute because of what well, I, I guess I I will make it now because it it's related to the point we've been talking about with music, I think. I mean, in a way. And that is that 
I think it can't be understated, or I should say, sorry, it can't be overstated, the impact that Sheikh Hamza had on the national Muslim discourse in America mm -hmm. in the late 90s, because he was a game changer. Mm -hmm. And I mean that, and by that specifically, I mean, obviously, his charisma, his knowledge, all of that. Um, I mean, a, a more cynical note, him being white probably mm -hmm. didn't hurt. You know, right. among certain circles of the Muslim Absolutely, community. Absolutely, of course. Here's this white, he's Lawrence Arabia, he's the white convert, right? Right. And you want so to talk I, about I don't a trophy. Get, I don't, but oh, I don't want to get cynical, sorry. The trophy of trophies. There you go. Trophy of trophies. So, but I'm going to put that cynical cynicism aside, but and say that he changed the discourse. Mm -hmm. uh, and by that I mean he introduced terms into the vernacular of American Muslim discourse, such as, um, you know, tradition, such mm -hmm. as. Madhab, such mm -hmm. as you it's know, mad. it's not. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Such as, and so you know, going back to what I was saying, and you know, so wolf, the so wolf, mm -hmm. and Imam Al Ghazali, and it's like, sand. I mean, we can go on and on, exactly. But he introduced the. I think he really um, brought that discourse to the American Muslim community because for a long time, the discourse had been, um, and I don't want to say all of it, but. It, a lot of it was like because you mentioned this earlier, like why, like you you travel the Muslim world and people are listening to music, mm -hmm. but yet you come back home and, and it's just this like really the most sort of restrictive approach to music, right? But similarly, and everything, everything, everything. And that's what I mean. <laughs> the most restricting of everything and everything. And uh, for a lot of us who sort of came into Islam in the '90s, we rejected a lot of things as quote unquote culture. Not mm -hmm. understanding that we were also rejecting a part of Muslim tradition, because mm -hmm. I remember having conversations with my parents, like, I, you know, well, like, why do I have to pray like that? Like, I, you know, I saw so and so at the mosque praying, and they're doing, you know, because my parents were trying to teach me traditional Hanafi prayer, right? But yet, I saw the Imam at the mosque, or I saw the person that I was like, you know, um, you know, attending their halakas, you know, they were doing the whole raising of the hands and the Rafal Dain and so on, right? Or and and so it was like I, I had become infatuated if you will by something other something different you know right and so anything right. my parents were giving me was probably tradition was probably um you know culture and was probably something that i could easily dispense with right and it wasn't until sheikh hamza and the, and this kind of discourse that he brings right to the american muslim scene where you begin understanding all of these sort of complexities and you understand the various like um you know uh, dispensations and difference of opinions and right. so on so you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think that could be overstated because I yeah. think really Sheikh Hamza does that. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, like yeah. when you when you talk about the language, and uh, I, I thought you were going to say that before uh, the language that Sheikh Hamza introduced, I think a lot of the language was halal, haram, bidha, kind of like stressful. If I'm if I'm just describing the feeling I'm getting, yeah, stressful. Whereas yeah, that's Hassan deep. and the sawuf and, and adab, adab, that's like uplifting and mm -hmm. the, yes. gives you sukun the opposite yeah. of stress right so to me i i know which i i know which i prefer but I, i'd love to go back so to, deep yeah now now it's you guys just just the word the keywords yeah yeah, yeah. what just, are those keywords like? the feeling you get when you hear those different words yeah, right um but yeah i mean you're I, i love the fact that you're you're talking about giving that first tape to sheikh hamza mm -hmm. and then 18 months later you're at alhambra productions is that right? Yeah, well, or so, two years. So we have that. The you know, I give him the tape, 
And then again, now the, the other real major touch point in that timeline is now that being at this ISNA convention in 1999. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm still like an AV guy, you know, mm-hmm. an AV connoisseur. And at this time, you had the emergence of, you know, the digital age is coming. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that shift now from analog to digital is happening. CD is on the scene, but again, in the Islamic circles of media, you know, things are still very much tape-based. You're right. You know, VHS, you know, it's, and audio you know, and you have some little variants like SVHS, you know, so a little format, but it's still analog. Okay, digital is now it's making a presence, but also in the music industry, in terms of distribution of music, there was a competition between CD, like the CD size that we know, and a format called uh, mini disc. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mini disc, you know, was very like niche kind of thing, but it they, it was in competition with CD. It's like, hey, this is more portable, more carryable. And so long story short, CD, the larger format discs are what took hold. Like this is going to mm-hmm. be the dominant distribution format. Format. Mini disc, even though it it no longer was going they're not going to distribute albums mm-hmm. on this format, but it became still popular because they started releasing mini disc recorders. Oh. So now you could record mm. on this very portable you know, format, but it was digital. And they had microphones, little plug-in clip-on mics, even plug-in stereo mics. I was like, man, this is awesome. Right. You know, for and again, re- you're capturing higher quality. Oh. Because the bandwidth on, oh, the, on, the, man, on, the, on the media. Like, so I bought a mini disc recorder, a Sony mini disc recorder. Excellent. And I was like, I'm going to use this record to the clipper. Nice. And stuff. So I started doing that in the local community, okay. you know, and um, in Maryland, Alhuda School. In Maryland, I started working there, and that was my first place I started experimenting recording with this mini disc recorder, mm. and it just sounded phenomenal. I remember the first time I like put the headphones on and hit play. I was like, it sounds exactly mm. like being in the room, because especially because it was a stereo recording, and it. I was like, this is it. This is like the tape killer, the analog killer right here, especially for the lecture circuit. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay. And so okay. I'm at Isna. And I go to, to, to this session that Imam Zaid and Sheikh Hamza are supposed to be lecturing at. And we're waiting on them. And they asked if I could do some poetry before the session while we wait. Because they were late, like, arriving. And so all these people were there in the room waiting for this minute session to start with, you know, mm-hmm. Imam Zaid. And they're like, man, they're behind time. And they're like, Brother Haroon, can you go, <laughs> like, 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 recite some poetry or something to kick it off? I was like, okay. I felt kind of nervous. You know what I mean? But I was like, okay. You just jogged my memory because I remember when I first saw your name, you know, Harun Sellers, and it was associated with Zaytuna, I I was like, I've heard this name before, and I couldn't place it. And you actually reminded me, whatever, 20-something years later, why that name, you know, why that name sounded familiar to me because of Isna 99. And you reciting poetry before <laughs> that session. No, I, was, I kid you not. I, this is so, I mean, you just blew my mind. Because you, <laughs> anyway, sorry. So I was there. I was at that session. Oh, my God. No, that's what I mean. That's why and, your name was familiar yeah. to me when I saw it connected to Zaytuna Institute. And you were the one who was the one behind the production. And I don't have that. No, photographic no. memory but i if, if you were there and that was oh, my yeah, first listener yeah, you were you were deep. the one who was showing yeah, me that, around that's so really that's deep. i was there point. too 
Wow. So Here that's the are. only reason I got up on that oh. stage because I, you know, it was a Mena session, right. and obviously that's Mena right. knows me, and we have that relationship. So they're like, "Well, brother Harun's here. Can you come gotcha. and give us some poetry while we wait?" Right. And so, preceding that, uh-huh. I was like, "Okay, I'm also gonna." I had introduced myself to the, the, the point, the point person from Jake Humza's team, uh, brother Mazin. God bless him. And then I saw there was another brother named Daoud Frike, who was a recorder for. Imam Zayn, he had like a cassette deck recorder, which was, you know, they were very large. So at that time, they were astute enough, meaning the, the two of them, that they had people who would record Handling, content. yeah, okay, you know, to get good, that, good you know, them. consistency, yeah, yeah. you know, I God bless you. Because we've talked about Isna, and we've talked about, I mean, you know, are you encountering other musicians, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here, but, but you know, I, maybe I shouldn't use air quotes. Bonafide musician. So, do you know like the brothers in Native Dean, for example? Oh yeah. Do you know Dawood Warns? You know. Um, yeah, I had um, met he Dawood, brother Dawood Warns. We came a little bit later in terms of us meeting. Okay. Even though I was like, I heard some of his first demos before they actually got released. Okay. Right. Um, through a, a contact brother, brother Mahmoud, who was also doing working with Islamic Media at that time, I think through Sound Vision. If I'm yeah, not, not Mahmoud Kazmi. Yeah. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> Shout out to Brother Mahmoud Cosby. Shout out to Brother Mahmoud. And his Mahmoud. wife, Batul, his family. Yeah. They were also kind of like a family. And they gave, made me feel like I a just home. just reminded me. They're, they're, they're DMV. Yeah. That's a huge family. Exactly. Yeah. So again, for myself, shout out to that whole family. I love them. Because they were also like what I figured, what I, who I consider like extended family, yeah, yeah. making me feel like home. And If I remember correctly, Mahmoud was one of the co-founders of... Um, not Sound Vision, but they had a, there was another sound. There was another media, Muslim media company. Yeah, that's with, with uh, Jawad Abdul Rahman. Uh huh. Uh huh. The two of them, and I can't remember the name of it right now. I know, anyway, me too. Yeah. It's driving me crazy because they produced the video. Yeah, yeah. No, not Starlight. Yeah, yeah, but they uh, Astrolabe. Yeah, Astrolabe. They were Thank co-founders you. at Astrolabe. Yes, and because I know they produced a video really well. with Chris and I oh. and uh, brother Nico called Pathways to Islam. They did a whole video. They rec- I think I remember telling you this story about telling my conversion story at George Mason in part one and the way I was dressed. And Brother oh, yeah, Muhammad yeah, that's, right, that's right. So there's a recording of that lecture oh, yeah. that Brother Mahmoud's company, Ashley, produced called Pathways to Islam. Which I still have I don't, you know, on VHS. So we'll, we'll, we need to go back and look at the these are the Pakistani and the Somali uh, garb, right? The yes, combo you'll there. see yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is we got to go back and find that. Yes, yeah, that's right. yeah, that can be the uh, photo we use when we post the <laughs> oh, post the podcast on Facebook. So what was deep is I end up, you know, at some point after they produce that, I'm gonna straight up like tag tag Mahmoud though. I yeah, know no, you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I will. Connecting I will. all these dots, I will. you see it's what I mean? Remarkable. But because... they produced a VHS tape called Pathways to Islam, featuring my story, Chris, and our other friend, Nico. So what's deep about that, as an aside, is coming back to Halal Coast Store, where I first started as a seeking Christian, and there's a VHS tape with my photo, and Chris's photo, and Nico's photo, a VHS tape now in the store. Wow. Playing on the relay. You know, and amazing. That's just full like circle. Yeah, yeah, full circle. Yeah, and then yeah, again, uh, as, as a person who's very much in, you know, it's like going back to your high school and giving khutbah, man. Kind of, right? you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that same kind of feeling. You're but it's just like wow, like I'm. But what's important, yeah. I want to point out, is it's 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 still representative of my engagement That's in right. multimedia, right. of audiovisual. Yeah. 
You see what I mean? With the community. And so again, <laughs> yeah, going yeah, yeah. to <laughs> thank you. Right, going to that that Isma meeting with uh-huh. Sheikh Hamza yeah. and Imam Zayd's yeah, recorders right. and stuff like that. I was like, hey, you know, do you guys mind if I record this lecture? I'm just going to put my microphone, my little clip-on mic. I'm going to attach it to the stage. You know, microphone, the little plat- the pulpit, you know, platform, yeah. podium. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, I'm not looking to, you know, because they're also very guarded back then too. Like, you know, who's recording the official? stuff things are becoming like that now and so i was like hey i'm not looking to do this for myself i just want to expose you to this new recording format called mini disc so i take it out of my pocket and it's it's actually smaller than this recorder that we're using for this podcast very small Mm -hmm. and like i said he had a large cassette recording deck analog cassette recording deck and when he saw the thing he's just like i remembered that brother Dao, god bless him he's just like I could just see that look on his face, like, "What is this?" Right. <laughs> you so know you were what I up mean? In the end, yeah. You know, this was a total game changer. Game changer. That's you know? what I mean. And, and you so were in- he was like, "Okay, go for it." I said, "Just give me your contact information. I'll record this, and then when I get back to my place, I'm going to put it on a CD. Yeah. And this, you know, and, I'll mail it to you. And it's like you'll thank me later because yeah. <laughs> the quality, right? Right. Is right. Be- so that was my first. Both gave me permission. Thankfully, they trusted me, and so. I then go do my my piece, my poetry, and then Imam Zaid, Sheikh Hamza come, they give their lectures, and that's now my first time meeting kind of both of them now. Sheikh, you know, Sheikh Hamza for the second time, Imam Zaid for the first time. And I was like, okay, wow, like it's number one, I just felt so great to see them in person again and then meet them and hear them talk, you know, again. So now, after coming back after that, you know, I, I import the, the the audio recording, make first CD, and then send them out, you know, to one to Imam Zaid and his, his, his guy, send the CD to, right. to Sheikh Hamza. Because at that time, Imam Zaid was still East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I think him and Sheikh Hamza had sort of connected, you know, again, they had common teachers and so on. Right. There wasn't like a actual affiliation. But for, I remember as far as Isna went, you know, it was, they were almost always in tandem. Right, exactly. Imam Zaid, Imam Hamza. You know? Right. So. so that was a big, that was that next main chapter thing. And again, also even myself becoming even more like, yeah. wow, like I really like this teacher and really do want to, you know, help even more. Once I saw, okay, now he's, Imam Hamza is starting this thing called Zaytuna Institute now. Okay, so that's like, on your radar Oh, wow, okay. This is, there's something like starting now. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just this single teacher, you know, showing up at, you know, events here and there. Okay. He's teaching in a local community and now it's being organized around this thing called Zaytuna Institute. So I was like, gosh, I want to go see this for myself. So they had a Dean Intensive that was hosted on the grounds of Zaytuna Institute in Hayward. You know, the, the property wasn't even finished yet. So like the brothers, we had to even stay out on the, the property in, in some tent. <laughs> Summer all. of? Yeah, what year so this, this was 1999. Hmm. Summer of 1999, mm-hmm. Dean Intensive was here. Yeah. Because the precursor of the Dean Intensive were like the powwow sessions mm-hmm. that Sheikh Hamza used to do. I think Imam Zaid had, or Imam Hamza had started. Maybe they even started at the, at the Teacher's Institute. I don't know. But anyway, so then yeah. it, that led to, or that gave birth to what would eventually come to be known as the Dean intensive. Yeah. Because then later, of course, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, go on. So now, yeah, that's you're, the first you're here. time you there. Visit. Yeah, visiting now is as participating in this little intensive. I was like, wow, you know, Imam Hamza. And, 
You're just a student. You're not. Yeah. You didn't. Did you come with equipment? No. Okay. No, but he knew who I was. Now I'm the guy that you know sent the CD and stuff okay. like that, and and I'm giving. You know, I'm also looking at what's their kind of recording infrastructure. What's go. going on? And it was nice. Okay, Humber Productions was there doing their so thing. Humber, I had. Uh, predates you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was started by Nabila, his sister. That's right. Um, God bless her. Shout out to Nabila Hansen. God yeah. bless her. Because I used to talk to her sometimes on the phone, ordering the cassette tapes. I've, she, she's officially invited to this podcast. I, I've asked her, and she's promised to do it at some point, but we'll see if it actually Sister happens. Sister Nabila, you got to do it. Thank you. This is your brother, Haroon well, Sellers. While you're at it, you gotta please, do tell, it. please tell her brother, too. Because and if you can do it with your brother, that would be, a, that her, would be an episode. Her Both. brother has promised me on two occasions to do this podcast. Um, anyway, she comes her, please. <laughs> Thank please. you. Thank For you. me. For me. I love you. Tell Thank your you. part of this story. Your lips to, <laughs> yeah, Sheikh Hamza's ears. Um, so, so um, um, Alhambra is already a thing. You come right. out, you attend the Dean attended, and, and so now, again, going back to the question about spiritual home, it's deepening that sense yeah. of, wow, I like this whole vibe. Like, these particular ta- scholars, yeah. this kind of orientation around traditional Islamic sciences. And also, we're in this Western context you know we're critical of it but we're not totally alienating ourselves that's right um and but also again a variety of teachers sheikh abdullah bin Bayah, sheikh khatri before tania meaning sheikh muhammad yakubi they were all there yeah coming you know we're just like i'm like wow it's such an interesting variety of teachers as well you know from who do you meet locally like uh in terms of like is it, so because zaytuna institute is already a thing yeah Hey, uh, Jackson yeah. is already a property, but it's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. Like I said, we had to... Do you meet, like, Yahya Road? Are, are they are they in the picture yet? Because I I'm didn't meet... Usama, Yahya, Mustafa. Usama, of course. Okay, right. They're on the ground. He was doing making everything smell so nice. I was like, why does it smell so nice here? And they're like, that brother right there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Burning oud and burning nag champa, specifically incense. You know, when it wasn't like the, the wood, like the oud. Right. It was, if it had to be a stick of incense, it was specifically Nag Champa, authentic Nag Champa. You talk about the grounds because Omar shared a story. You know, we did an episode after, uh, you know, Osama passed, you know, God bless him. I mean, we're um, Where, you know, you're, I think one of your initial encounters yeah, yeah, yeah. was groundskeeping. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went <laughs> to, comes, yeah, yeah just a uh, real, please. I won't, I won't yeah. uh, take too long. But yeah, I, went, I just went to volunteer and... Um, he and like Zachariah Twist, a few other guy, guys, right. brothers were there, and they were, they were like added in 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 the in the outdoors, like beautifying the, the grounds and mm-hmm. serious serious business in terms of uh, the effort they were putting in. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and Osama comes, you know, came from like a military background, so he kind of had that kind of thing yeah, going yeah. on. So I can imagine yeah. a younger, you know, Osama. That's right. Even being more so. That's um, right. Yeah, but those so, keywords are coming to play. See what I mean? Like now I'm mm, seeing Ihsan, you know, you this spiritual excellence in action. I'm seeing Edeb in action, like this this courtesy and you know, good, beautiful comportment and courtesy and putting things in its proper place and like wow, and this sense of beauty, making things look beautiful, you know, God Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. So this whole these whole ethos. That's right. You know, and then how we treat each other and how we treat our teachers. You know, these aren't just like Joe Blow. This isn't just, the no, this is, these are yeah. scholars. These are people who have Quran in their heart. You know, they have statements of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in their heart. 
you know, some of them have chains, you know, for some of their knowledge going back to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, himself through unbroken chains. So I'm just like, yeah. whoa, right. you know, and all of it was just like experiencing it now physically in action. Yeah. I was like, okay. And the way, you know, serving the, the brothers the serving tea yeah, and right. to each other, the like of yeah. teachers, of elders, God, the oh, way guests. you elders, the you way know, you, yeah, stood up for them, invited them to the front. I mean, yep. see, and, and straightening the shoes yeah, and the shoe I rack. Earlier, <laughs> when I was talking about you know the impact that Shahamza has on the discourse, you know, I, I think that that was sort of um, underselling it to an extent because it's not just the discourse; it's all of this. It's yes. the ethos, like you said, right? You know, and like Zaytuna comes on my radar. I'm in Texas, okay, so you know we're, we don't have anything close to Zaytuna, but. You know, I just remember Zaytuna comes on my radar the following year, um, which is uh, Unity Through Diversity Conference, mm -hmm. which Omar reminded me off mic, you know, was the summer of 2000. Mm -hmm. No, one, 2001. Mm -hmm. But I remember seeing pictures. I remember seeing, by then you had the web, you had websites, you had things like that. So I remember, you know, being able to go to the Zaytuna Institute website, see the pictures of the grounds. Mm -hmm. And again, just being introduced to that ethos. Mm -hmm. And realizing that, wow, we're actually doing this in America. Yeah. You know, it's not just something that, you know, I had experienced when I went back, you know, to India or Pakistan or my travels in the Middle East. We were actually doing that. We were creating beauty and, you know, uh, worrying about the grounds and all of that. What I saw on that website just changed my entire approach to what Islam in America needs to look like. So... I, anyway, I, I know we. I, I didn't mean to jump. To no, but that but that's a super connection point because again, now I'm contributing you. those things, you know, to this young community. How does that in terms happen, of though? taking pictures? Oh, okay. Now that's starting. So, but are you since, still just flying back and forth? Yeah. Okay. So this, you know, from when I went back after, you know, and I had come to this, you know, with Dean uh, Intensive, Dean Intensive with Brother Chris, aka Khalil, okay, and also another close brother named Hassan Sidki. What's, so we were just blown away when so we do you came remember, back. Do you remember last time I asked you who who's Chris and you said that's, yeah that's my friend. That's yeah. a, I think you just meant see I think I was aware of of, of his Muslim name, right? What's his if you What's his full name? Khalil Abu Asma Moore. Yes. So his last have, name is Moore so Khalil Moore. That's why I was asking last time who cuz I thought it was like a I thought you were going to oh, yeah, connect the that. dots there cuz I think he's somebody who was out here oh, a bit, right? Yeah. Well, he yeah, yeah. he he never like moved here I, like I think like I did, but he's come back when he's very he's even done like some yeah. translations. That's for right. That's right. That's Shikhamza, what I was asking last time. Who, who is Chris? Like, yeah. And nah, I think nah, if you nah, saw his picture yep, and stuff, yep. you'd be like, okay, I okay. met him. And so, so there's another plug you need to get Khalil, Chris, aka Khalil, on this podcast. We'd love to. We'd love to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so now we're you know, this is now we've come back from. The experiencing, you know, the Dean Intensive experience around Imam Hamza and these other, you know, teachers, that felt like, like my vibe, you know, like I'm feeling this, this feels good, you know, and I want to definitely help and support this in any way I can, you know, and primarily I'm thinking anything I can do related to audiovisual, right. you know, helping with that, especially now I'm doing this whole mini disc, you know, recording thing. <laughs> Um, I want to see if I can help out. Right. And so, alhamdulillah, it was nice to see that that record, that digital recording I made, did make that that lecture made it to the Alhambra catalog. It's called "Putting the Heart Back into Worship." Nice. You know, 
And so that was like a, a very big moment for me. Like, wow, that lecture like made it to the catalog. <laughs> you know, this catalog that I've been ordering from that was a big part of, you know, my Islam. Right. So fast forward now, that big impact. And again, they have now they're starting their first conference. Um, what was the name of the Remembering the Days of Allah, That's Unity right. to Diversity. So they started this annual conference, came back out for that. and was like, okay, wow. And then they actually had uh, a, a, um, a Rihla program was going to be hosted right out there, too. So it's like, okay, this is getting deep. Now they're going to do like a 30-day you know, thing. So this whole movement is building. Right. And between that time, again, I'm just trying to help from afar. Right. If, if you will. And when I'm there, hey, anything I can serve with, you know, whoever the, the AV folks, shout out to, to Brother Freddy Doom with Jedidi. Really? You know, because he's obviously the big OG in terms of OG, not meaning original gangster, but one of the no, no. openly yeah. God conscious. Mm. I love it. That's that's how I, I that's say beautiful. openly OG, God conscious. Openly God conscious. Okay. You know, people in the community who really gave, you know, inspired that Zaytuna Institute yeah. having a home and yeah. You know, structure around Sheikh Hamza's teaching. You know, I can't recall who, but I, we've had a guest on the show who talks about how, like, I mean, it was. I mean, Faridun was instrumental in kind of taking Imam Hamza again at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, being a, a one of the teachers at Masjid Noor mm-hmm. or MCA, mm-hmm. right? both affiliated, right? Um, into and introducing him to other parts of the community. I think strip yes. mall down down the high, down the down mm-hmm. the road, right? That's right. Yeah, which was the precursor to mm-hmm. Zaytun. That's, that's right. That's right. Right. I've seen pictures because we've done like a uh, a photo thing history of Tatleef, mm-hmm. and we also because Tatleef's origin stories run parallel, yeah. right? With yeah, very much. Um, And so I've seen the I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, Peralta. That one or that Peralta comes later? No, no, that's uh, oh, Rumi Book Street. Yeah. We're talking about Khalil. No, uh, no, no, sorry, no Peralta was also, I think that's a Talif location, sorry, yeah. uh, earlier. But yeah. anyway, sorry. Um, fascinating. Yeah. The, yeah. So so when do you get the gig? So now, yeah. exactly. So now, um, again, just kind of helping from afar and trying to do anything I can to just help, you know. Oh, sorry, their, you brought it for even for a reason. I brought him up because, again, yeah. he was very instrumental in the Zaytuna Institute. I see, okay, in building you know, it up. Yes, oh. and just, okay, let's give this, you know, a home around Sheikh Hamza's teaching. And now we want to do Zaytuna Institute. Okay, well, that can't stay in just that little Hayward study circle that it kind of started with. And the mm-hmm. place, that, you know, little... The Hayward Islamic School or something like you that. You know, right? it's like a little study circle yeah. at that point. Right. And it's like, okay, then meeting up, linking up with, mashallah, Sidi Hisham out of Lucy. God bless him and his family. Finding a property, saying, "Hey, I want to make this happen, mm-hmm. support it." Instrumental. Getting now that first little, you know, home. Then, like again, having those first programs there, you know, yeah. the, the dean intensive. Now they're starting like regular classes, teaching at the institute. So then, I get a call, and I was mentioning Fred Doom because again, he was one of the people really behind also a lot of the early recordings. Okay. You know, during that period and doing them well, you know in terms of audio and video. And even when I first came, it was like, hey, you know, I'm just going to try to introduce this. I know he at first, he's like, man, who's this guy? Kind of like stepping <laughs> on my turf here, you know, but alhamdulillah, it's, you know, it was over time, you know, God bless him. I'm, I'm sure he saw that, okay, this isn't some guy just coming to try to, you know, take and run or take over, you know what I mean? And like, you're not no, winging he, it, you know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, this, this is really trying to serve and help and, you know, raise things up. And so I'm saying that to say that now 
fast forward, how I get the gig mm -hmm. is um, a phone call, right? And like I said, at this point, Sheikh Hamza is very much his trajectory is like so there's up a letter there. that I don't want you to forget about. Right. Okay. That you know, yeah. So I sent, you know, I did, uh, when I sent the CD, I did send it with a letter. Okay. You know, and I, and I won't get you, you know, bog you down on all the details of the letter, but it was deep for me rereading that letter, not only because it had the date on it, you know, November 19. Excerpt or something that you yeah, did want to read. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, a little something, something. We're yeah. fine. Please do. Because off mic listeners, we, we, you know, before the show, we, um, you were trying to find it, and you were relieved that you had a copy yeah. of it on your phone. So I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. want you to be able to share. And the, and the, and the letter, it's, it, the header is "Those Who Reflect Productions," <laughs> you know, at the top. Like the letterhead or something. Yeah, yeah, my little letterhead. Those <laughs> reflect productions. That's a, that's and, uh, that is an artifact, my friend. It is for me. It's super no, for, important. That's why I was like, I'm so glad I took a picture of this before this piece of paper, like. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I can't even find the folder <laughs> that I had it in, but yeah. here's a picture. Uh -huh. And this was written and, and included with the CD. And this is, like I said, November 9th, 1999. And it says, Dear Brother Hamza, <laughs> even the way I addressed him, peace be upon you and the mercy of Allah. I pray that you read this while in a state of increasing iman and certitude and happiness. You know, and then I'm saying like, sorry for the unnecessary delay, but Here's the ISNA 1999 recordings right here, you wow. know, due to the various recording circumstances, not everything is super quality, but at least you'll have something for a beautiful memory. I took a little time to edit and remaster the lecture, putting the heart into worship using my digital studio and then burned it onto CD. I then designed and printed a label and booklet for it. I did this to give you an example of my recording, editing, and design abilities, and because I like things to look, sound, and feel beautiful. Lovely. Since I was also a participant in this particular lecture, I wanted to preserve it in a nice uh, way. Another reason was that I wanted you to see and hear how well these types of things can be done. Yeah, yeah. How how well these things should be done, and surely they can be done much better right. than what I did. Mm. I have already received some emails requesting this particular lecture, so if you all agree, you can put it in your catalog, or or I can put it in mine, or both, and we can send the money to Zaytuna if you like. Mm. If not, no problem. I would also like to propose doing a recording of Al-Akhtari and Ibn Asher in Arabic and English to go along with the books as it would be a tremendous help. I could read the English and Brother Khalil or yourself or anyone you choose could do the Arabic and it would really be a nice with the blessing of Allah. This would greatly facilitate the reading and memorization of these great texts and the reward would be tremendous, inshallah. Take care, and I look forward to talking to you and seeing you soon. Oh, yeah, and the photos that Hassan and Khalil took in Morocco and Mauritania are beautiful. And they recorded Sheikh Marabd al-Hajj. Allah have mercy on him. You know, his answers to some questions that I sent to him, which blew my mind in their simplicity and power. May Allah preserve him. Inshallah, I'm going to put them 
on a slide and CD and maybe we could fly over and present them really nicely, inshallah, wow. at your new facility, so Mabruk. Corresponded with uh, Murabat al-Hajj? Yeah, we, myself and Khalil and Brother Hassan, you know, we were all, what's, I'm glad I actually read all that out because everything I'm saying is also illustrating what I'm going through at that time, also my feelings about yeah. Islamic multimedia and quality and, you know, wanting to raise that standard and, you know, but also wanting to serve. Like, I'm not here. Cause like I said, Sheikh Hamza, you know, he's becoming like such a star. Yeah. You feel that naturally, like the people, you know, you have to have some guardedness yeah. around him. People really trying to be protective of him and his, his you know, understandably. So, but for myself, and I think this also had to do with because of my background and the music scene was like, I'm not here to be just a follower, a groupie, mm. you know, whereas I saw a lot of like groupieism. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was just like, that's just not me. You know, like when the sheikh would come, you know, on the scene, the groupies would just swarm. And I was always just I kept my distance, stayed in the back, you know, and it's not because I didn't you know, have respect for them and not love them. And, you know, a lot of them, I was in, in awe, to be honest. But I was like, just give people their space, you know, and how can I serve and benefit, you know, in my own way? I don't need to be like that to appreciate you, Yeah. you know. And I think, you know, and, you know, I need to ask Sheikh Hamza this, you know, like maybe that's something that also maybe stuck out to him about myself. Right. You know, because every time, you know, we want to be around Sheikh Hamza, it's like a long list of questions and, you know, stuff like that. But for myself, I remember the first time Sheikh Hamza, you know, after that, that last visit for a community event and the, the conference, we were invited to his home. Yeah, yeah. to his home. And uh, he was like, you guys can come over tomorrow, you know, because he had like an informal gathering. And then, you know, Khalil and Hassan and I, because now we're talking about going to Mauritania. You know, to, to see, you know, this person, you know, Sheikh Manapto Hodge, who obviously had a big impact on him, was like, we want to go to meet the person who had this big impact on him. Yeah. On this person who's had a big impact on us. That's right. And so, alhamdulillah, once he found that out and was trying to help, you know, facilitate that, you know, he's like, come, you know, meet at his house. And so it's so funny because, you know, Hassan and Khalid had these questions, going to ask about this and that and, you know, about the Minhaj and the Soul Wolf, all these, you know, stuff. But when I met him, he's like, do you have any questions? I was like, can you just show me how to make wudu? Mm. Wow. That's it. Wow. I don't want to know about Minhaj or Creed or some of the controversial things, controversial things people were saying about Sheikh Hamza, oh, you know, yeah. from other ideology oh, yeah. and or ideological orientations. I was like, can you just show me how to make wudu? And I'll never forget, he literally, like, he just leapt up off the floor, you know, and it's like, I'll be right back. And he just jumped up and he brought out this watering, yeah. you know, like a, a tray and then a, a, a water pourer. And he says, like, here's how you make wudu, you know, according to the school of Imam Malik, you know. And he just made wudu, demonstrated wudu for us in, 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 in his living room. And I was like, that's all I needed. You know, so it's like now every time I make wudu, he gets part of it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Anytime I do a good, proper right. wudu. He gets part of that reward and blessing, right. you know. But again, that was for me just trying to, what are the, the basics? What is that? Those essential things. Not just all the outward kind of lights, camera action stuff. Mm -hmm. What's the real, like, essence of these things? So 
Fast forward, it was after that event. Omer, Omer took Maliki Fick with like right, Yusuf right. Ismail. That's right, yeah. Previous right, guest yeah. of the show, but also someone who, whose story obviously very much. And yes, yeah, with, very much. Yes, very much. And so, alhamdulillah, I'm back home, and I'm at Rich Camera working. Okay. And then somebody said, Aaron, you got a, there's a uh, call for you, you know, on line one. I pick it up, thing is a customer. I said, thank you for calling Rich Cameron. Said, Aaron, I may help you. Haroon, salam alaikum. You don't even have to tell me who it is. Just the was, impression you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? God bless him. God preserve him. I was like, Imam Hamza? Yeah. Wow. He's like, yeah. I was like, wow, salam alaikum. Like, I never gave, especially because I never gave him my work number, number one. So I was like, and number two, that he's somebody like this is calling somebody like me. You know, like I never was like one of those people like trying to get into his inner circle and trying to get his direct contact. Other people, you know, friends, alhamdulillah, had that contact, but I never asked for it, you know. And I was like, here he is calling me. Not only that, he's calling me at work, you know, at the mall and Ritz camera. You know, this Muslim scholar who I really look up to and all these other people are really trying to get access to and... Mm -hmm. And he's calling me at work. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm just working, you know, like, just doing my thing here. Chris Cameron, he was like, you know, you should move. <laughs> That's such a awesome thing to say. And the way, you know, like, you're just, just move to California. He's like, you should move. And I was like, move? Like, it's like, wow. And he's like, you know, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, wasn't just a man by himself. It was about the people who were around him. Mm. He was like, you should move. And I was like, wow, well, that's, you know, I, I take that very seriously. Yeah. You know what you're saying, you know, but, you know, my family's here, my community's here. And he's like, well, that's just something to think about, you know, think about it and let me know. And you know how abrupt he is too like when he's done he's done with the conversation done, yeah. so i'm still like trying to process all of this and i'm like well but then click click he just sound like him click that is exactly right like no mapped out nothing no so my world was rocked wow i was like here's this quote-unquote rock star scholar you know especially at that time okay. you know he was really on that ascendancy if you will correct and he's calling me at work and he's telling me to move without anything laid out and no big details, none of that stuff. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this information? I can't just blow it off like, oh, that was nice. You know, that was nice of him to think of me that way and think of me. So I was like, I went home and then <laughs> when I get home, my wife was like, she was kind of like hysterical. She was like, did, she, did you talk to, to Shay Humza? Did you talk to Imam Humza? I was like, yeah, and I was like, he called me at work. He's like, yeah, because he called here. Right. Oh, way, and I was like, so oh. We do have to touch on that. So the actual engagement. So you're married at, by this time. Yeah, this time I'm married. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alhamdulillah. I'm actually married. Yeah. You said 25 years earlier off mic. So, oh, right, right. That's right. right. So you must have been married 97, 96, 97? Yeah, so this is early now, you yeah. know, in, in my in my in my marriage. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Alhamdulillah. Children already. You already yeah, at that time. Girls. Okay. Yeah, I had okay. two girls at that time. Right. So, so okay, so now you're like, okay, you go to it's like yeah, it's like the prophet in the Khadija, right? You go talk to like, like man, I just got this call. Yeah, like right? 
from on high, it felt like. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? <laughs> I mean, God forgive me if that analogy is an app, but I mean, yeah, you're you're talking to Khadija after, you know, the yeah. hard, man. Yeah, because I'm rattled. That's right. I am definitely imagine. rattled. Like, what do you mean? Like, and it's not like I didn't have things going on. You yeah. know, my, my new kind of Muslim community and family is all in the area. I'm very active mm-hmm. in the area. My blood family is there my brothers sister parents you know my grandma my aunts they're all there and he's like move and you're like for what like i gotta really think about this and i was like my wife and my kids and how are we gonna afford this california is expensive you know (laughs) but there's just something about this that i'm really feeling so then i was like okay maybe I'll just go help out for a little bit, you know, a couple years, kind of get their AV infrastructure, like, set up, you know, in place. Everything's going, then I'll come back. Because still, this, you know, East Coast is home base. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so after that, you know, I just had to make it to hard, make, you know, the, the prayer seeking, like, just need and guidance. I was like, I'm talking, I have to talk to my parents, can let them know. And it kind of sounds totally crazy to them, of course. They don't really understand the context of why would I want to do something like that? Right. You know, especially for my parents at that point, they were like thinking of moving to another house farther out in uh, Warrington. And they're like, you and Layla and the girls can now, you know, take over the other house in Annandale, mm. which is a huge opportunity. Now, not to be in a little dinky apartment, you know, we can now have this three story nice. house, brick house, some grass, stretch out. And I'm going to give that up to go to California to do with some Muslim stuff. <laughs> you know? And probably for that price, live in a small little. Yeah. And, and literally not even just that. Like I literally nice. lived like in the office, you know, initially I didn't even have like an apartment and none of that stuff. You know, that's a whole other story in terms of like, yeah, yeah. gosh, like what it took. But, you know, getting my wife, you know, and, and, you know, on board, which didn't, alhamdulillah, didn't take much. It was just like, she was just like, how are we going to do it? You know, with the girls. And I said, I think the only way this is going to work is if I go out there. Because it's not like, you know, they're like, hey, we have this apartment for you. Here's where you're going to stay. And you do. It's just like, just figure it out. You know what I mean? And it really became something between, like, myself and God. Like, we got to work through this. You know what I mean? And once I made up my mind, I was like, I really feel like doing this move, not only can I bring a benefit, but I to, to, like, to that community and this new, like, institution but I feel like it'll be a direct benefit to us and our daughters, mm. you know, to get exposed to these these new beautiful Muslim community. And especially, I have to say this, the how active the women were in this community. I was like, wow, like they'll really be exposed to a variety of Muslim women from a variety of ethnicities. And I think this would be good for them. And also women who are like seeking knowledge, you know, and like so studying. At that time, you know, again, this growing institute, right? Um, I would imagine it's almost like a, it's a, a very grassroots organization, but very. kind of like family and extended family. So it's like, is, is Um Yahya involved? I mean, like Sheikh Hamza's wife. And, I mean, are they kind of involved? Like, because you mentioned sisters in particular. Mm-hmm. Like Nabila. Like, these are family members of Imam Hamza, right? Mm-hmm. Sheikh Hamza. Are they active in the community as well, working with the sisters and stuff? Is that what you mean? Or you mean... Well, in terms of that? when... in The programs that they were having, like I said, they're teaching, you know, classes are being held on right. the Institute property. 
and I'm seeing, okay, this isn't just like a men's club. Uh, you I know, see what you mean. it's for families. Yeah, I'm seeing like brothers, sisters, men and women like mm-hmm. coming out for these like community courses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I think it, this would be good for my wife just to, to meet women who are like this mm-hmm. and for my daughters to see like kind of aunties, you know, who also who are who, who also have these keywords in their ethos. Who have this sense of Islam as something beautiful and we have to treat each other courteously and with edda and make things beautiful. I was like, I want that and, and, and my daughters. And mashallah, that that foresight paid off because twenty years later your your daughter did graduate from Zaytuna College. Yeah, two of them. Two of them. You know, and ever since even before them joining Zaytuna College, they've been community servants, you mm-hmm. know. Wow. Benefiting from programs at Tet Leaf and some of the other programs. For sure. And constantly giving back. To yeah. other like younger That's right. Muslim girls, uh, the Rahma Foundation programs, pretty much most of the programs that have been kicking initiatives that have been kicked off. Your that daughter was a mentor in. to my daughter's youth group, like when they were, when, when she was when my daughter did inheritors because she had she had been part of the initial program. So see what I mean? Yeah. So it's full circle now. They they're they're which is a, a big full circle for me because they're very Jenna in particular is very involved in Mena and now Miriam's involved in, oh, in Mena yeah. and that's you know where I kind of started my Islamic activism was Mena yeah. you know same here so again now it's like like you said it did come full circle yeah. in terms of that that idea yeah. of it but selling that and having like a some type of certainty about it because now it's like well I need to since we don't have an apartment later I'm going to reach out to your parents in Canada See if I have their blessings because I think maybe it'd be best if you and the girls go to your parents' house while we go move off to make this happen. Yeah. In in you know in Zaytuna. So super super appreciative you sharing all the behind the scenes here through through the looking glass, right? Um, I want I want to fast forward a bit to you know. Zaytuna Zaytuna Institute becoming Zaytuna College. Now I know obviously we're not touching on 9/11, we're not touching on all the amazing media uh, that oh, you man. put out. I mean, I know that I was a consumer of those ever since the day that Pervez took me to Zaytuna Institute in December 2001. Um, at that point, you know, I, I was also somebody who uh, tried to attend whatever classes I could. Um, because and- I, you know, I, I was visiting here to spend years with with Omar and the family. Mm. And um I was like, I'm in the Bay Area. I mean, I, I have to go visit Zaytuna Institute yeah. because it. it was already on my radar because of the events like that I had seen online, like, you know, days of uh, um, remembering the days of Allah yeah. and mm-hmm. in unity through diversity. But, you know, we went there at night and it was like raining because you know, I have it on video. Yeah, I, I yeah. I actually have it on video. You would probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 you should check that. Yeah, yeah I took video of it um, on a hand, handy cam. Um, and we like peeked into the through the glass because it was all dark and it yeah. was night and yeah. it was and it was uh, rainy. It was a December. It, it was it was the holidays, so it was shut down. Not go. much going on. Yeah, People yeah, were out sorry. for the holidays. But then Omer became yeah, a fixture. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Event. So many events. That's why I remember your name. That's why I remember Khalil Moore. I, I, I oh. that, that's why I, it all came it all came together. But um, yeah, I mean, I remember some amazing uh, products that were put out with really fancy covers. You, you, we looked forward to right. new new releases really because they mm. were like so enlightening Same. and so eye opening. Yeah. Shout um, out to Abdul Latif Whiteman too, and Peter Sanders, oh, yeah. Yeah. and my sister worked at Alhambra for a bit. Yes, so there's a lot, did. Of, lot yeah. of lot of connective tissue. But nonetheless, I mean, I had moved away to San Francisco for a couple years, and and then I moved back to Union City. And one of the things that was really uh, 
interesting to me moving back to Union City is that Zaytuna Institute was two exits up. Mm -hmm. And this was in the summer 2007. Um, literally about a month before I was about to move into the, into the house, um, I heard the news that Zaytuna Institute, 631 Jackson, down the street from here, was closing. And they were going to move uh, up north to Berkeley and create Zaytuna College. And... I mean, personally, uh, you know, I was definitely like, oh, man, I moved. I, w I wanted to, like, get back engaged with the community after being mm. um, AWOL for a couple years up in San Francisco. Um, but that was just my experience. I know that other folks who were more entrenched, uh, oh, yeah. way, so, way more than I was, were completely shattered mm. by that. Um, and, and it took a while for folks to understand the value of graduating from an institute to a college. Now, today we know because there's graduates, your daughters have graduated with degrees. Mm -hmm. We understand. Um, help us, help us understand what the community that was entrenched in 631 Jackson pre summer 2007, what that meant and how, what the impact was um, of shutting that institute, that location down where there's so many memories um and so had so much so much spiritual impact spiritual growth going on there what did that mean to the folks who were impacted by it for some it meant shutting down their islam shutting down zaytuna institute was like shutting down their islam wow and perhaps some even very literally mm. you know it may have had a very negative impact because because for for some people you know everybody it's 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 different for everybody you know, some people, the reasons they are Muslim, you know, or in, in the things that keep somebody engaged with Islam as a religion or practicing Islam as a religion is do different means. For some people, that means is community. Mm -hmm. Having people engaging with people on a regular basis it helps keep it going. That's right. Helps keep the will greased. Oh, absolutely. Some people aren't so like people dependent, mm -hmm. you know, like like myself. I'm like very much a people person, but not so people dependent. You know, for other people, it's the opposite. And so now you take that, you know, as you already described, you all know how dynamic this new Zaytuna Institute community was yeah. and just the, and literally like the light it produced. Yeah, I can you attest know, to that like, because seriously. like, like Barbara said, those, there were a couple years, uh, 2002, three, four, I would say those three years, I would go there and it was literally like you said there was a light there is like a spirit a, a serious spiritual uplifting you felt driving into that uh parking in that finding mm -hmm. parking wherever you find parking and, yeah and just sitting with uh the people and and listening to Sheikh Hamza but others folks and, yeah. and I remember um it was like a it felt it truly felt like a blessed event when somebody would like Imam Zayd would come visit mm -hmm. um and it was just like, you know, people would, I, I myself would drive up from, from the South Bay through, through Bay Area traffic. I know people, but beyond that, people from would far. come from all over, all over right. the country, all right. over the world, really. You would see people here from UK, yep. from uh, all over, really. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. So I, I can totally uh, understand what you're saying. But at the same time, I don't think, um, even, even myself, I don't think we know the impact that everybody felt because you were you were deeply in the community right. you probably know of these stories where people were truly shattered mm -hmm. yeah to this day to this day I've i mean a, heard a person like myself yeah you know who you know thank god and you know and and and, and thank you to to sheikh hamza you know for you know seeing the value you know having a sense of, of value for myself being still being there through all this 
Okay. Especially, I mean, you know how these small organizations, yeah. all the different budget crises you go, all the financial crises yeah. you go through. Usually, well, the first say, thing know, that go is the artistic seeming stuff. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. know, here's a guy doing right. some audio recordings, but I'm also doing photography. Yeah. You know, which you see on that that early Zaytuna Institute website. There's oh, yeah. a photo section. That was me mm-hmm. taking all those photos. Nobody think- asked me to do any of that. Beautiful. That's just skill i had because i was in photography in high school and also in college film you know <laughs> major so it's like alhamdulillah i had the ability to do those things also i did voiceover work so you hear my voiceover in the beginning of some of the cds yeah, yeah. this begins yeah. cd that's number CD two number right. two right yes. this can- <laughs> oh my god that's your that's voice right. That's yeah. right. I had no idea. Right. So I'm literally contributing <laughs> yeah. like my entire being. And those were you know? those were amazing productions. Were. I will, I'll, really I'll give were. you some props there. They were, they were great. <laughs> no, I mean, like you know, again, we we because we, we touched on it. Um, you know, Zaytuna's output content up the up the game. Like the quality, yeah. it was a game changer. Yeah, and all yeah. the formats too. Even like print all, publishing. Oh, I remember <laughs> right? The journal, and yeah. I mean, we have Sapir Bhai to thank for that. But yep. Um, shout out. You know, yeah, shout out to Safir Bhai. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, excellence. It mm-hmm. sounded like you said. And it was just, you know, it was represented in everything Zaytuna put out. Institute, yeah. right. I'm saying, even. Right. So, so now, all of a sudden, a college, and now, so you're, you're completely removing yeah. this community component. I mean, my understanding it was, was literally like Sheikh Hamza getting in front of the community and basically announcing it. And people were so emotional I that think, they had a reaction on the spot. I mean, I think oh, is that yeah. true? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the version. We had I like heard. a community meeting, yeah. Yeah. you know, really, because some people were like, "We need to convince him yeah. otherwise." That's what I'm saying. As well, yeah. like that camp, you know, we need to like this is wrong and like misguided and you know, and understandably so. You know, even myself, I was like, "Okay, man, how's this going to play out? Is it even going to be a role for me anymore?" You know, You're in this new college thing, oh. you know, maybe that's even over for myself. You know, but at the same time, I have to admit, I was very fascinated with that idea. Like, yeah, like Muslim college, like accredited. Yeah. Why isn't there something like that? I didn't even realize just the absence, how deep the absence of such a presence and existence even was. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, why not? You know, these folks being at the heart of kicking that off, you know, you have a white American convert. You know, a black American convert. That joined in 2001. You know, yeah, he was there, you know, on board. You have Dr. Hatsum, a Palestinian American. You know, so I'm like looking at even the trio. I was like, wow, what a powerhouse in terms of like backgrounds and life but not experience. not everybody got it. Not everybody understood right. the value. Of course not. Right. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like I say, even myself, there are a lot of question marks. Yeah. But again, I, I, I do tend to be more of like big picture type person. Right. You know, see the... Little picture and a big picture and a big picture and a little picture. Well, I was going to say, you know, you, I, I, even hearing your story about how you got here, uh, to me, you know, speaking in like Bay Area, Silicon Valley parlance, you, you were like joining a startup. Mm-hmm. It was a startup. There's no guarantee for tomorrow. You don't know. Nope. How, it could go belly up. And Absolutely. there's plenty of graveyards of, you know, filled with startups that didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you took a chance on a startup. Yes, I did. And... Now, flash fast forward to whenever it is, 2009, seven, 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 summer right? 2007. There you go. It's 2007 where the startup decides we're going to be 
transitioning yeah. and or, first or it was expanding. a seminary we're going to be I mean, a you're, seminary you're more familiar with like, it, yeah it was uh, getting acquired by a large uh, corporation no but alhamdulillah yeah. i mean like i said it all worked out but um but that's hindsight but in hindsight, hindsight in real time but in real time it was yeah. brutal yeah for some people you know what i mean and 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 for me again especially I think it was helpful reading a lot of, you know, in my early Islam, reading a lot of those biographies, okay. you know, prophetic biography about the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and the biography of the early companions, a lot of it's really just, right. what's like insane struggles they went through, but yeah. in particular, Hudaybiyah so, so, and the seer, because that's the one point when it seemed yeah. like the Prophet's decision seemed absolutely crazy. Absolutely. They're like, we are here to make this pilgrimage and... This is all right. We're the believers, the people of Hawk and Truth. He's like, no, mm -hmm. you're We're right. turning around. We got to go back. We can't. Maybe next year. And it seemed That's like really and it really shattered and like, shook, you know, some of the companions. Whether the prophet says I had to go talk to his wife. Yeah. You know, him, yeah. similar to how he had to talk to Khadija. May Allah be pleased with her when he first got Definitely. the first. Here he is now. Like he gets advice from his him. wife. Like, what are we doing? She is like. Do what you've been commanded to do. That's right. You know, and it's so powerful. So I'm like now yeah, seeing a, wow. not at that scale, obviously, but I was like, on the outward, this looks insane. Okay. Like, even how do you think you're going to pull this off? You're going to start, like, like I said, and it didn't start right as a college. Actually, the first vision That's right. was a seminary. It was a, like you know, a beta we, program. Yeah, we did like a pilot seminary program to see if that was going to be the format. Okay. And that was very small scale. You know, and, and again, that was not in Berkeley. That was right there on that property. So on mm -hmm. the same property where we used to have all this, now we just have a few people, you know, like four or five students. I, in a, in I this. knew a, a, a young man from Michigan. Um, uh, I'm trying a blank on his name. He was part of that, like the beta program. And Yeah. And like Ibadah Rahman, Usman Ba. Usman, you know, he was the one from Michigan. Yeah. He was from Royal Brother Oak, Finch. Michigan. Yep, Sadiq oh, Abdullah, oh, Abdul, uh, okay. Syrah Abu Bakr, you know. Man, you got so, so it's just like, now we had this same space, because it was, I'm always into those contrasts, you know, mm -hmm. visually, like, from this same room, the medrasa, where we had just packed. Right. Now yes. we just see, Was you know, Imam Zaid essentially brought here to basically kick off that beta program? He was definitely a big part okay. of that. That's yeah. what I thought. Definitely a big okay. part of it. In that. terms of the impact on the wider community, yeah, right. like you said, now instead of 50, you know, 100 people uh, trying to thing. find parking, mm -hmm. coming to a very, like like you said, a blessed, lighted, event full of light. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the masses, uh, the average Joe, like myself, I mean, it just kind of disappeared. It disappeared. Um, and again, fast forward today, now there's the podcasts and whatnot that give us access to kind of what's going on. Um but for the for for the average Joe attendee, it just kind of fell just off a like cliff. Cut. So it's like, where do we go? What do we do? Yeah, you know, think about all those hearts that were so impacted by that, and not not even just impacted, but tied to that, mm -hmm. and their Islamic identity and orientations. We've been orientation has been a big part, you know, of what we've been talking what about, and talking just about. rootedness. What gives right. our home? Mm -hmm. Like you just pulled that carpet out from under, our, and what do we do? Like, we're so not, how do people get through it? You see what I mean? And that's what I mean. It's it's literally like it's worth like a documentary. Mm -hmm. It you is. You know, to hear from some of those people themselves. Like, yeah, how do you I, I get to I teased a pitch of an idea that I have, but we'll save it for the end. I, I teased right. it last episode with you. But anyway. Because it's it's it also, is. It is what's powerful is that 
This is also part of the history of Islam in America. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which is so profound about it. Absolutely. You know, it's not just uh, another initiative to just come and go and no. fade. There's been lots of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is something that's really like looking beyond again. And that to me, I mean, that's why that's one of my favorite. Uh, I think it's by Muhammad, Sheikh Muhammad Ibn al-Habib. Um, who said Islam, like creation, all of it is meanings hidden in forms. That's one of my favorite wow. Islamic quotes. Creation, yeah. all of it is meanings hidden in forms. Beautiful. And that was like, that means it's really about the lens through which you choose to view the mm. things that are physically manifesting in front of you. Right. And so that was like what I had to adopt is again, I'm in the middle of uncertainty as well. I don't even know if I'm going to have a job or a role in this anymore. Like maybe I'm just, this is it. How'd you adapt? You know? How'd you adapt? It, the only way I adapted was trusting in a, in a feeling that I had between myself and God mm -hmm. that this was not a job. This was part of my actual purpose wow. and part of my actual contribution to prophetic legacy as it manifests itself in the land of America. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's it. Even vocation is too small of a word. I yeah. Think, in the way you looked at it. Yeah. Because it really was like, that's the only reason I'm here now. Beyond personalities, beyond the shifts of this and that, and yeah. is a, a, a sense, a, a deep sense of a personal mission that's directly connected to the mission of the prophets. You know, especially being named Aaron and after, you know, one of the props mm. always was very much into that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And um, I was like, this is prophetic legacy. This is bigger than even Sheikh Hamza, Imam Zaid, the personalities, right. you know, because we're all going to pass away. Right. You know, but it's about the one buried in Medina and the ones that came before him. Mm. Like the only reason I could visit Medina is because they survived. It's like they held it down. That's right. You know what I mean? That's what made it makes it so deep when you visit those places. Like, why are we even here in my house as Muslims? Why? How did that happen? Like, why didn't it just die out mm. with yeah. that early vulnerable group? That's right. Because there were people who were committed to holding that down, and exactly. Allah gave them aid. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, it wasn't just their own power. Yeah. You know, I believe in I believe in the truthfulness of that legacy. And yeah, you know, that it's something that is beyond like us. That's right. You know, and it will continue with or without us. Correct. And so I feel like I want to be a part of that. And how does that manifest? One way it manifests in different ways for myself. And one way it manifests is through my service through this particular initiative. And you've been doing it now 15 years past. Right. This is almost years, for myself. If you take ago. it back to that, that 1999 recording, that's how long I've been serving. Yeah. 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 And, and, but in terms of 2007, you, you, you stuck with it. Um, right. Well, my first, you know, 2000. So when I moved, you know, that's 2001 mm. to serve now at early Zaytuna Institute. Like right. I said, I'm living in the office even. You know, I have an apartment. I live in the Zaytuna Institute office. Wow, man. God, yeah. You Plus see what I'm saying? Family, yeah. And just trying to work it out. And then when my family came, that's where they, we, yeah. we took up residence in one room in the office, just still trying to make this thing work. Yep. You see what I mean? I mean, you were, you joined from the ground up. Like, I mean, I think 
like I said, I, I apologize for the worldly metaphor, but you know, the, like the whole thing of a startup. No, I mean, you because were if she comes and says that all the time, yeah, oh, this okay. is a startup. You were employee number four or five, whatever, uh, and now the longest serving employee. Mm-hmm. And so that just goes to show. And and I think, um, like you mentioned, or you didn't mention this, but or you kind of alluded to this. I think if there was any doubt, like when the Book of Islam in America is written, you know, Zaytuna College. You know, there's no doubt that it is a chapter it in is. that book. Yeah, it is. It is not a footnote. It yeah. cannot be a footnote. Yeah, love it whereas, or hate it, whatever. Zaytuna Institute. Maybe you can make an argument that it would, there would be a footnote or two. Yeah, but, it'd be there. You know, maybe. But I mean, I, I would argue otherwise. But but right. fine, we can make an argument at least. But Zaytuna College, undeniably, a chapter in that book, a significant chapter right. in that book. So and so to you, you know, I think Omar's point and where we're going, which mm-hmm. is like. I mean, you had faith in the vision of the founders. You mm-hmm. had faith in the belief that this was part of a prophetic legacy. You had faith and belief that there was a divine hand in all of this. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what guided you through that schism, right? That, yeah. that chasm in the community. And all the ones venture, that happened since then. Sorry? And all everything oh, that's everything happened since then. It's not like, oh, that's but the to one. But like point about like what happened, like how did you react? How did you adapt, I think Omer asked. And you answered it beautifully. I think how... I mean, again, this is me reading history from an outsider, so mm-hmm. pardon me if this is not true necessarily. But I think Tetley, for example, mm-hmm. plays a role in a allowing that community to still have a place that they yes. can go to on a weekly basis. It mm-hmm. was the Sunday night Molid that then became Molid and Osama's class, Living Right, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. became Te- uh, Zaytuna Institute 2.0, right. or a rebranding mm-hmm. or a spin-off, if you will, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever the barrier right. vernacular of that would right. be, a spin-off of Zaytuna, which was Talif, and it filled the void for a lot of people mm-hmm. who wanted that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so those are the people that we saw, that I saw when I first moved here, because I started attending Talif immediately. So right. I got to see some of the remnants of the people that were trickling in who needed that. That's and right. wanted that. It was right. And so it moved from Hayward to Fremont. Right. And even to Oakland. Mam Zaid, you know, oh, with the lighthouse. lighthouse. Masjid. I mean, alhamdulillah. There, there was already lighthouse. a couple of, you know, alhamdulillah, oh, good, yeah. good masjids in, in, in Oakland. You're, you're, you're you know, right. Yeah, absolutely. As well. Definitely so. Yeah, he asked for Chadli. Um, yeah. Um, Sandy Mam Alameen. Sunday the, yeah. the show. Fahim Shway. But I mean, yep. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as we kind of yeah. yeah. getting getting close to to wrapping up, um, what's your role today? Uh, what is what is your role today as the longest serving employee of Zaytuna before College? Before you go there, like? though, sorry, before you go there, I gotta because I, I, I teased this pitch and I want to make it. So we're doing this podcast, and a part of the reason we started this podcast was to be an oral history, mm-hmm. like we wanted to capture people's stories, right? Right, and whether or not. I'm not making a pitch for us to be a part of this, but I'm gonna. T- I'm just making a request, an appeal, if you will, uh, to you, a pitch that this story of Zaytuna Institute slash Zaytuna College slash, you know, why do I want to have Sheikh Hamza on the show? It's not because it's going to boost ratings. I want to have Sheikh Hamza on the show because of the reason I started this podcast to begin with, and our first guest was Osama Cannon, mm-hmm. which is I want to capture people's stories. Mm-hmm. And you have the means and the ability. Um, you've got to put this. You have to capture all of this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have become the lens with which we have. A lot of us have viewed this history, but you have to now take the initiative, or maybe there is already an initiative in work in the works, 
to, to sort of capture this. And I, I joked about that letter being an artifact. You know, it's not. I mean, it is. Sorry, mm-hmm. it is an artifact. It, 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 I was going to say it's not, meaning it's more than that. You know, Osama has a letter, uh, and I, I would love to kind of track it down because he, he would have it under his glass cover on his desk, which was the Arabic alphabet written by, you know, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf when, <laughs> when he first converted to Islam. Tomorrow. Meaning Osama did. Yeah. And he was like, learn this alphabet. And he Tomorrow. wrote it by his hand. And he kept it under his little glass as a, like a reminder Tomorrow. every day. I've seen it. Um, so those are, our, these, see, these are artifacts, the, this, this oral history. You, 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 you tease the idea of a documentary, but someone has got to do it. Yeah. Whatever we can do. I mean, right, we're, we're here right. at your disposal as a podcast. Yeah, I agree. To make it happen. But, uh, you know, I really encourage you to, to, yeah. to do that. And then I I maybe, you know, respond to what I said and then to Omer's question, I think, can, can kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And my question, your role is. Yeah, my question is just yeah. kind of to wrap us up. What's your role yeah. and what, what does it look like going forward? Thank you. Especially in a post-pandemic, post-pandemic world where uh, we have seen more content coming out of uh coming out of Zaytuna college for the the podcast and and the youtube videos which totally appreciated but what does it look like going forward and what do you hope what do you hope it it looks like wow well i always like to say that my mission at Zaytuna is to capture and share light point blank Mm. you know if you want to flesh that out it is to capture and share the knowledge being taught and preserved at the institution and make that as accessible as using the best means afforded to it, to us at the time. And also I like to say, and, and it's not, doesn't mean like chasing technology for technology's sake. sake. You know, it's, it's, it's really in, in harmony with the principles of our path, which is just trying to do the right thing the right way at the right time. And the best way. Yeah. yeah. Beauty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, how that plays out, I mean, it's it's a college, you know, so it's a, just, God, it's a whole nother level than, you know, <laughs> at what I was doing at Zaytuna Institute, you know, the college is growing, you know, alhamdulillah, and like I said, I'm super thankful, you know, to, to again, that vision, you know, and also to our community of supporters, you know, that I've, two of my daughters have graduated from this initiative, yeah. so again, just... Like I feel felt, you know, the last time I had made Umrah and seeing, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu grave and the grave where all those companions are buried, I was like, thank you for sticking through it. You know, when I saw my two daughters walk, you know, and across the stage and graduate, you know, one of them was across the stage, one of them was virtually, you know. Oh, okay. But I felt like, God, I'm so glad we stuck it through. Like, yeah. we didn't give up. Yeah. I was know? at your eldest daughter's one I remember the cheer in the audience yeah. Yeah, it was like a standing <laughs> ovation man because I mean people I mean you know I mean I, 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 I almost feel embarrassed saying this in front of you but I mean the sellers are mashallah your family and the sellers are an institution in and of, in and of themselves <laughs> Allah, brother Allah, here in this community mashallah. appreciate that no, no, I mean, you know it, I, I mean, and, I, and I, I take I, I, I think I understand that more good now good um, I think when I turned 50 Last year, it is literally like things changed that I didn't expect. You know, and one of them is I have become more aware and conscious of the sense of legacy and my role in that. Because think about, I'm I've been more focused on other people's legacy, especially since I started seeing that a succession of people that I've recorded who have passed away now. Oh, mm. oh my God! 
that really caused a uh, a big shift in my understanding what it like Dr. Suleiman Yang oh, and yeah. others Dr. Uh, uh Dr. Zachariah amazing female scholar African American sister who taught at Zaytun. She passed away and it hit me because when her her announcement that I saw on Facebook about her passing, it said that the last place she spoke publicly was at Zaytuna College. Wow. I was like, oh my God. And the first thing I thought when I'm reading that is like, oh, let me go check the recording. Like, how was the recording quality that day? Like, were we on point? Like, did I get it right? Did we, you know what I mean? Like, because now this is her family's legacy. This is grandma. This is great grandma. Mm. Like, how do we do, you know, like in capturing this woman's, you know, speech? You see what I mean? And so ever since then, anytime I'm recording something, I'm like, okay, what if this is the last time you're recording Sheikh Faraz Khan or Sheikh Abdullah Ali? Or what's the last time you're recording Imam Zaid or Sheikh Hamza? Anybody, yeah. Sister Ustedemo, uh, Hosai Mojedidi, anybody that comes in front of my lens or my microphone, like, what if this is the last time? How did I do? Mm. Got to get it right. And stuff is going to happen, but I'm just telling my mentality. Yeah. And I say that even to the other people on the, who are in front of the camera, like, hey, if you feel like you say anything that didn't come out right or you want, and it's not a live stream and you want to restate it, just take that time and restate it. Thank because you. I want you to feel comfortable with what you are leaving behind. Yeah. You know, and now I've just, that's just like habit now for me. And same thing now, it's like now I'm feeling more of that for myself. Like, okay, I'm 50 now. Like, you do have to be more conscious of what I'm leaving behind. That's right. You know, I don't know who's going to go first. Maybe I go first before my daughters. That's what parents hope, you know, your kids don't go before you do. Right. But at the same time, like, I have to be more conscious of that. So that's why when you brothers reached out, you know, normally if you'd asked me a couple years ago, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. And, really? You know, thanks for the, I don't know if I feel like doing that though, or why me, you know? No. Now I'm just like, no, okay, it's not just for me. This is about Islam in America. It is. It, I am, am a particular individual and I do have things to share. I actually have a lot to, I would like to no, talk about do. and share. And we're just like, I'm Scratchy, sure we've just you know. touched the surface. So we, we were just joking earlier that um, you, you just broke uh, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon's right. record, right? And uh, uh, you probably so, never... So yeah, yeah the, the context right. there is our, our, our longest episode ever is with the NBA Hall of Famer, Hakeem Olajuwon. And I, got, I, got, I really geeked out and, and we kept him on for about two and a half hours. But uh, uh, I, I think uh, we had to break up your, uh, your, our discussion with you into two parts because I think we're coming up on a, on a, a couple, four hours <laughs> or right. so. Right. Uh, so, so right. uh, the punchline was you, you never thought you'd break an Akiba yeah. Lajuan <laughs> record, right? That's right. Hello, right. God bless him um, too. But I, I, so much of what you just said, Aaron, I, I resonate with because um, in a small way, that's why we do the show and mm -hmm. that's my commitment to the show is like you said it's posterity so it's a legacy slash posterity we're recording this for who knows that's right in terms of who's going to listen to this that's right. down the road and and so and then my also the commitment to record the best quality that we mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. because of that reason right and so it, it's like anytime there's a glitch or there, there's a there's a we were recording virtually so you'd be at the mercy of the internet, internet. The bandwidth connection yep. It would just it, it it would literally it would like physically hurt me. Yeah, very much. To hear yes. dips in audio because I'm like we're doing a disservice 
to this guest. Mm-hmm. We're doing a disservice to the posterity, you know, to the legacy of. So I, I feel you, bro. I'm like, so you glad you said that. Speaking my language. Yeah, and you're speaking mine, and like, <laughs> thank you for saying that because no. literally, like, when it doesn't go well and things happen yeah. and the mics cuts out or something fails, like, I've come home depressed. Yes. You know, and sometimes it's hard for other people who catch me in that state to feel like, dude, like, what's the matter? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, I am hurting. I'm questioning even my own existence. Maybe I'm just not even good. You know, like. imagine that, but also factor in, like, in, in, the, in the case of this podcast, it's, it's the audio, it's the, it's the quality and the audio are responsible for, but it's, but it's also some of the content, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, man, that question was stupid for right. us. <laughs> Like, so there's a lot of that going on too. It's deep. So it cuts really deep for me, like in terms of like the introspection that occurs afterwards. But I got to say, and I'm just, I'm not saying this because you're in front of me and to echo what Omar mentioned or jokingly about you now having the title as it were for the longest um, episode that we've had. (laughs) I I went back and I always like to go back, especially in this context, because we were going to continue the conversation from, from, from last week. Right. I went back and I heard the episode and, and it was one of the one of the like best and most engaging conversations we've had on this podcast. So oh, that's nice. Hats, to hear off, that. hats off to you, and that's nice because you that. made it Appreciate happen, that. and you being an engaging guest made it happen. And I hope that in whatever way you feel a sense of, um, you know, like you you belong to a fraternity and a sort mm. like a community, if you will, mm. of other guests who we've had on the show. So, um, you know, you share the ranks of like Dr. Omar and Dr. Jackson and, and you know, uh, Imam Siraj Wahaj. And the name, I can go on and on mm, and on. Mm, I mean, mm. we've been blessed. We've been singularly blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully Sheikh Hamza hears your pitch because mm-hmm. we have been and blessed. And his sister. Yeah, and, and, and Nabila. <laughs> but we haven't been you know, blessed yet. Imam Zaid mm-hmm. um, we've had. So anyway. Um, yeah, and I just want to yeah. echo that and also say, as we talked about last time, like personally, after 21 years of saying salam to you and having, you know, a little chitter chatter here or there, uh, it's been, you know, overdue, but really wonderful to actually get to know you, you at that next level. So right. inshallah that. Our I little hope phrase, our, our little catchphrase from salutations to conversations. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's, that's like a series right there. Thank you. You know right. what I mean? And, 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 I, and I just realized I didn't, I didn't complete my answer to your question yes. in terms of just Zaytuna College now, right. you know, it's just yeah. really like, you know, obviously the college surviving through this whole COVID, you know, transition from, mm-hmm. you know, shifting to being also our college culture itself is very much about engaging, being in person. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's the ground, it, it's different have, than what we were doing no, in the institute, do but there's similar yeah. like flavors that we appreciate in Zaytuna Institute in terms of still being in the proximity of good teachers and cultivating good character and yeah. good ethics and practices again now, but in an academic, Correct. you know, that's what college is about for a lot yeah. of, you know, right. for yeah. most people, it's, it's right. not just the academic, it's the social. It's the, right. Yeah, so that, experience. and then you've seen the upper campus now, oh, I mean, you know, numerous times. it's, it's yeah. a beautiful mountaintop property. Yeah. It's, you know, now we have like the permaculture garden, yep. you know, shout out to city Ramiz Kent, Ramiz Kent. Imam Dode Yassin, you know, holding that down. And That's right. It's when you go up there, oh, yeah. I mean, and especially I think the, the, the permaculture garden is because that's something that just did not exist on that property at all. Correct. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the main buildings, they were all there, right. but that garden, that's the Muslims mm. who it's came and built a garden amidst all, you know, the mis perceptions about islam and 
you know, unfortunately, the dominant characterization of Islam is being like people who are angry, you know, and upset and violent. And then what are Muslims building on a mountaintop, a garden? You know, you reminded me because you mentioned Imam Dawood too. Um, last week when we recorded at Zaytuna College, you weren't, that wasn't the first time we were up there. Uh, we weren't at the upper campus, we were at the lower campus, mm -hmm. but we recorded on site, on prem, as it were, with, uh, uh, you know, Imam Dawood. Mm -hmm. I just, you just reminded me because I remember sitting in his office uh, and at that time we were talking about the project that was just being kicked off, mm -hmm. which was the permaculture with Ramiz uh, Kent, who is also, by the way, I, I've extended an invitation. So he's going to be eventually he'll be on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. He's very interested. So um, and very interesting. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so thank you, I, Aaron. I can't thank you enough. Um, so where can listeners engage you if they want to reach out? Obviously, they can find your content, but anything you want to yeah. pitch or leave in terms of... What I, I just want, I want to pitch people falling in love with God and the prophets. That's it. That's what I want to pitch. You know, if there's anything I can do that contributes, there sparks that love, you know, to want to love God and want to just love like you know, everybody loves superheroes. They were the first ones to me, like growing up, the Bible picture book, all the pictures, you know, they obviously weren't true representations, but they were impactful. Seeing these people in long robes and turbans and, you know, and, and reading stories about the splitting of the, the water, the splitting of the sea and people walking on water, you know, all these mirrors. I was like, these are superheroes. So it's like, I'm glad I learned about those heroes first nice. as a young kid. You know, and then later when you get to Batman and Superman, it's like, okay, I get it. They're just trying to copy, you know, that. That's where that's coming from. Archetypes. And I just, now it seems like reversed. Hmm. You know, people are becoming obsessed with these heroes, these man-made heroes, and forget the heroes that, you know, men and women, you know, that, that God, like, sent, you know, like, revelation and guidance to and also manifested miracles and not even just miracles that prophets hands people who are non-profits you know he manifested miraculous abilities great feats of strength and all kinds of things and they're value. true yeah. yeah and they're true right. and real and i don't want that to be lost that's right i don't want people to give up on that that now they're judging truth by falsehood they see so much fantasy then when they hear read about these you know tales quote unquote in scripture they're like oh that can't be true you see you know these magical descriptions they read about in the Quran of, you know, the unseen realm and paradise and hell. Fantastical. But yeah. I'm like, you're seeing these manifestations in films. You know, where do you think the inspiration is coming from ultimately? You know, from these things. So my, my point is, is that, you know, Zaytuna College is one manifestation of that, yeah. you know, of that, that effort to keep that prophetic heritage alive and keep it manifesting in a way that's still relevant but still true to its origins mm. you know and in a way that's 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 still inviting and is characterized by beauty mm -hmm. that it still makes you feel good like like Maya Angelou said you know people don't remember how you everything you say to them but they remember how you made them feel wow you know and I think that's an ethos that's at home with us and we, we should be reminded by good. Yeah, you know good. we should be very conscious of how we we, we, we treat each other you know, that prophetic character, like, like the book, you know, prophetic, you know, characteristics and the content of character, you know, that Sheikh Hamza, that, that book, that's why yeah. I said, that's my favorite book, mm. you know, the content of character, because it's just all about those practical prophetic 
character traits that we can actually copy, you know, but if we don't expose ourselves to it, it'll just die out. And we're like, why do we feel this way? Well, how are you living? How are we acting? How are you treating? You know, and why are we acting that way? It's because we don't expose ourselves, you know, like we didn't have that as a Christian. I didn't have all this stuff preserved of what Jesus looked like, the way Jesus walked, you know, the tone of, you know, and type of his voice, all these details, the way he drank water and the way he sat, you know, the way he looked at people. I didn't have all that stuff. Yeah. And now we have it like <laughs> preserved like that. But it's like we want to manifest it. So our children, when our children be exposed to that light, you know, and then we want that to spread out to a community. And Zaytuna College, again, is one form of that. Yeah. You know, and there are other initiatives. And I don't want people to give up on that that heritage. That heritage that's all I'm trying to say. I, yeah. I pray that Zaytuna College exists until the trumpet is blown, you know, <laughs> I mean, for the final hour. Yeah. And I want there to be graduates until that day. And But I want even more, you know what I mean? New initiatives, artistic contributions, especially from artistic any oriented Muslims, mm-hmm. we need more artists. You know, we, we spoke just about one form of art being music. We right. need more right. spiritually oriented Muslim artists to contribute art to the world. Yeah. You know, but do it in a way where they're connected again to this prophetic light, not fighting that light. You know what I mean? They're inspired by it and doing, creating beauty for people to interact with and interface with and be touched by. Yeah. And that's really what what I want to leave. That's your legacy. You know, and it's a beautiful legacy. And, uh, you know, I have a prayer that, you know, for all the content that you've shared with the world, you know, may you get a reward and a piece of Mm -hmm. all of that. I mean, because you have preserved that and you have been the means by which um, that has been able to be spread and spread beautifully. Because I think, again, content's good, meaning in terms of what it actually provides, but it's, you know, people want to be engaged beautifully. And I think, you're the eye behind that, sir. So, Trying to. So thank you. Thank you for being uh, on the podcast. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. It's, it was just, a, like I said, an invigorating and you know, thrilling and just uh, fascinating conversation. And obviously we had a heck of a time because we stuck around and did it for four hours. <laughs> right. So, no, Which I deeply um, appreciate no, that. No, no, thank you. So and many formats, you feel so cut off. Good. You no, know? No, that's what we, that was the other thing is oral history long form interview those that's like the elevator pitch for uh diffuse congruence so anyway um our listeners thank you for listening because uh, we wouldn't be anything without just we would just be a shout in the dark if you didn't have act- we didn't have actual listeners so yeah. thank you for listening as always you can always um hit us up on uh diffuse congruence at gmail.com you can find us on twitter you can find us on facebook um please hit like subscribe and share our content I'm going to make a quick pitch because this might be the last episode you hear before Ramadan. Ramadan's mm-hmm. approaching. We are, you know, um, you know, we, we are sp- supported by people who listen. So visit our Patreon page, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Diffuse Congruence. That's right. Support our ability to bring you content like this. That's so right. thank you as always for listening and uh, hope you catch us on the next episode of Diffuse Congruence. Mm-hmm.